So this is No Sold, New Year, 2023. Here we are again. This is going to be episode 32, but the first of the year. I'm here with my guys, Butch Reed, Ron Simmons, Doom. Oh, nice. Going to bring in the new year nice and strong. How are you guys feeling? We're feeling great. And now I feel like I have to change the manager that I had lined (laughs) up for you. But I'm going to stick to the the theme because we're going to be talking about the Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Once went by the name of Stunning Steve Austin, and he was managed by the same person that we're managed by today here, Lady Blossom, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) live and in color. You you said you were going to give me a good one. You true to your <laughs> word. You're beautiful. Here I am. We are going to be talking about the toughest SOB. We were trying to think how are we going to start the new year. What's what's a cool topic? We ultimately want to talk about shit we like, people mm-hmm. we like, times we like, events, whatever. So we want to do a spotlight on Stone Cold Steve Austin, arguably the biggest name in the history of wrestling. We'll have to eventually get to the bottom of that mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. discussion but um this is a, in and around the 27 year anniversary of his wwf debut as the ringmaster so somewhat topical but either way going all in on austin today what do you guys think about this topic in general you you, you pumped to talk talk about uh stone cold well i'd love austin i mean austin's top three for me all time so easy guy to talk about some of my favorite moments as a wrestling fan with Stone Cold, probably like, you know, I don't know that I've ever marked out harder, like in a, a live arena than I did when I was a kid. My mom taking me to, you know, core states, wherever, whatever center. that are really, yeah, core state center, whatever that was called mm-hmm. back then. So yeah, I love Austin. Well, you yeah. have marked out worse than that. Cause I was with you. Well, yeah, but yeah, but you know, as a child, you know, there's we not were, too we many guys. Children. Yeah, 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 that day, yeah. You uh, both have Austin in your top 10, Duke. You as well. Sure do. Uh, Cold Stone is my man. I'm excited. <laughs> Good. What about you, John? Like, because you weren't ever, you weren't a crazy Austin Yeah, you know what's funny, too? I was thinking about that because um, WrestleMania 14, when he fought uh, Sean at WrestleMania, John was all about Shawn Michaels beating him <laughs> 100%. Oh, yeah. It, and it's yeah. funny because we didn't know each other then, right? Just a few months after that, we met. Okay, yeah, because I remember you you were telling me like, oh, yeah, I really wanted Sean. And I was like, really? Like, I didn't get <laughs> yeah. it. I was the idiot kid that, <laughs> you know, the thing was like people about Roman now shoving down your throat, shoving down. I felt that way about Austin at times. Like, yeah. So it was in the moment I didn't love him. But now, like, he's not in my top 10. Like, you guys, he'd be in and around 20 probably mm-hmm. because with time and age comes maybe a little bit of wisdom he's he's the fucking man i mean yeah. whenever you watch this stuff back you're yep. just like how was i not cheering for this guy yeah. no for sure me? i mean that's that's definitely something that happens like because a lot of the especially the really old stuff like i couldn't even look at 70s wrestling man and like now yeah. i watch and i'm like oh my god like this dude's mm-hmm. so cool you know it's definitely yeah. something that comes with age yeah. And plus, he's like, you know, he's kind of like a lovable, like, dad now, 
you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. you see him on like his podcast and like he's just so likable and he's legit. Like he's genuine, I think, mm-hmm. you know, in a in a business where it's funny because John and I were talking about this through text today with Zern, um, just how everybody's so fucking phony in wrestling. Yeah. And like Stone Cold's legit, dude. Like what you see is what you get. Like I never got that phony vibe from him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of why people dug him so much. Yeah, and like, and still cooler than everybody going today. Like, how anti Stone Cold returning to wrestles Kevin Steen were we? And then Austin cuts that one promo. I was like, well, now I got to see that match. You know, <laughs> you know, it was like it was instantly like, all right, well, yeah. I guess I'm tuning in for sure to see Austin. He got in his pickup truck, and yeah. uh, we were like, let's go. It's funny, yeah, because he's like he comes off as a straight shooter, definitely genuine, at least to us. And uh, the more you see like the biographies, I just watched the A and E one again. He's just he is so likable, and I just think the older we get, um, these guys are also a dying breed. Like we got to see it in real time, mm-hmm. and I just think it's awesome that we're you know still able to like go back and watch this stuff now, whether it's Peacock or however you do it, and be reminded of those times and those pops we'll have to get into all the stuff that are uh they can't be duplicated now you know and like go ahead dude i'm happy that wrestling isn't you know like the grind that it was and like that these guys can get paid now and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but i think that those times made these guys like it was like trial by fire you know like Mm -hmm. all these dudes like you said a dying breed like when you hear how they, you know, had to sleep in their car and eat, you know, cans of beans and this, that, and the other to like get by and stuff. And like, like I said, I'm glad that they don't have to do that anymore, but I do think that there's something to be said for like, um, you know, earning what you get, I guess, instead Mm -hmm. of like, you know, Oh, well this guy was on a reality TV. He'll get us like YouTube, you know, like, so. Yeah. It's different dues being paid now for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. It was like a it was like a hard man's business at that time. Still, you know, mm-hmm, when Austin mm-hmm. and those guys were coming up, and now it's it's different. Which I like, Duke said, I'm happy about too, because I'm you know it gets old seeing all your favorite guys pass away and all yeah. this and that, and you think the culture now is sort of breeding a different uh, mentality, and hopefully that stuff is a thing of the past. But you know, it is there is something too when you watch Austin back then and just see the way he came up versus any of these young guys now, it's just like, Oh, it's a different game for sure. It's funny. You mentioned that because when Mm -hmm. we go through this, I have a few things highlighted, but, but the one thing's the consistency with Austin is like his work ethic, or at least it seems that way. So um, he was a hard ass worker to, to break through and finally um, literally get to the top. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the rattlesnake, the toughest SOB, the the black trunks, black boots, the biggest name in the history of pro wrestling. If he's not number one, he's one A. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll have to you know really get to that as we you know get into this discussion of where he stands on a Mount Rushmore or biggest name, box office, all that stuff. But he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're gonna get into him now. Born Stephen James Anderson. <laughs> not to uh december 18th 1964 in austin texas so that's uh the simple stuff about stone cold and the first wrestling events austin watched and he talked about it in like his a e docs and stuff like that it was the houston wrestling run by paul bosch and he said that was like a huge inspiration stuff that i would later i would see much later on and 
even in Austin's character, you could see how he was sort of influenced by like that territory, very rugged, mm-hmm. things like that. But a quote from him, he said he fell in love with the business when he was seven or eight years old and all he ever wanted to be was a pro wrestler. It was the biggest thing in his life. The Von Erichs, Freebirds, the Sportatorium in Dallas, all that stuff. You guys, in retrospect, have you gone back and watched any of Houston stuff? I haven't seen a lot of that Houston stuff. I've, you know, mostly, most of my Austin knowledge is like, wcw like and going forward you okay. know but um but you know looking at old clips of him and seeing all that stuff and like i totally dug all that like world-class stuff so i could understand how a kid from texas growing up watching all that stuff and getting into it that way it would be cool and it would impact him and it is cool to see the develop. i think he's one of the most interesting wrestlers to see like his beginnings to like where <laughs> he ended you know because it's such a wild ride mm-hmm. that you would never think that he'd become one a or one you know one b of the most popular wrestler of all time you know but it, it's a cool it's a it's a fascinating thing to watch like even just in re- doing a review for this this episode it was just like man look at this guy he's going to become this badass rattlesnake that everyone knows you know what i mean just just a few years later you know it's kind of crazy yeah and duke i want to ask you about like guys like the von erics who you grew up watching actually and and guys like the Freebirds, but before you answer that i wanted to point out that like the weird part was everyone that predicted the superstardom of austin they early in the early years they thought he was going to be like a flare mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i just think that's interesting but dude what do you think about those those that territory and the, the guys from texas the von erics and the Freebirds and all that stuff is your question like his early days, like well, in more Texas, or less, or just the that, that style, that territory? Okay, you see yeah, how that could have influenced. So I Austin? actually, um, I didn't see that like as it was coming out. We didn't get that here in okay. Philadelphia. Um, I saw like NWA, so like I would see clips, or I would see the Freebirds, you know, come into the NWA now and then, but I didn't get to see that like as it happened so um maybe like a few years later you know on like videotape stuff like that but uh you know going back and watching that i mean it's awesome because like so many i mean huge names came from there like i mean we we joked i sent you the picture of king kong bundy he was like a he had hair yeah i forget what his name was like big daddy bundy or something yes yeah i mean you know rude was there the mm-hmm. ultimate warrior came from there obviously the von erics the Freebirds. like mm-hmm. i mean junkyard dog yeah, yeah i mean going mm-hmm. um huge names came out of there and like i i definitely understand like how he would you know fall in love with the business that way i mean one thing that it always bothered me um when vince mcmahon introduced the attitude or he said uh we think that uh we're past good guys and bad guys. And I'm like, no, that's fucking <laughs> wrong. It'll never like, go out of style. You're wrong. Like that's the oldest storytelling in the book. You can have yeah. guys that are like, you know, like Anti-hero. more yeah, yeah. badass or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, it has to be good versus evil. It has to be like it. There has to be stakes involved. Otherwise, why are we watching? It's just that mm-hmm. we're just yeah. watching two guys like, fight for no reason you have to give me a reason you have to give me a story like 
Those I are mean, still the best. Those are still the best stories too. Yeah, right? I mean, so in we... my opinion, like you have to have a rooting interest. If not, like it's just not the same. Like, mm-hmm. isn't like we're all sports fans, and like, aren't games better when your team's playing? Yeah, because yeah. you have a rooting interest. I can watch yeah, yeah. any NFL game, but it's like, it's who do I, you know, like less? Right. You know. Right. Like yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I just yeah. think that the good versus bad thing is like a big deal, and like. And in that territory, like yeah, these blazing ass baby faces, the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds. Is that a coincidence that that's like mm-hmm. one of the greatest feuds in the history of wrestling? Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was a good guy, you know, he had this edge and stuff versus the Rock, arguably the greatest feud in the history of pro wrestling. You had to have a good guy and a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Those are the best feuds. And like, that's why it was awesome, in my opinion. Yeah, and with Houston, uh, I know like a guy like Bruce Pritchard also worked there. He crowns that territory as like a mecca of of pro wrestling. And uh, like I think that obviously like wherever you come from, you're going to be, you know, a little bias. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because if you talk to Jerry Lawler, he'll tell you that Memphis is the best. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. true, true. But well, there's, I did... there's Philly guys who will say ECW is the greatest yeah, shit sure. that ever happened 100%. to wrestling. You know, so yeah. yeah. But I did want to say um, back in 89, because we're going to skip ahead here when Austin did actually try to break into the business, but he was still Steve Williams mm-hmm. uh, since has actually legally changed his name to Steve Austin as of 2007. So he's well, I even really know that actually. Yeah, that's cool. Le- legitimately Steve Austin now, but he uh, he saw a commercial. Anyone that's listening to this. Well, maybe you haven't heard of it, but Austin tells this story in all of his biographies, documentaries. Mm-hmm. But he saw the commercial Gentleman Chris Adams Wrestling School, yeah. Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. And it was that it was underrated a- Chris Adams, I feel like, if you think about him like long term. Not know. if you ask Austin as a trainer. <laughs> yeah. Right. He right. shits on him, dude. That's funny. Well, but I uh, agree as far as a hand, 100%. Yeah. yeah. As far as a hand, yeah. Yep. And, the, and the super kick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, People use that move here and there nowadays, mm-hmm. super kick, like once in a while. Yeah, do that, yeah. Like here and there. But yeah, mm-hmm. he had a nice super kick. So he did, Stone Cold saw the commercial. He was able to work with uh, Chris Adams as a, as a student. And he was trained. And it was later in a year, I think it was like a year, not even a full year, but Jerry Jarrett is the one that kind of brought him in. A pre, prelim level baby face. Uh, this was before leaving for a short run in Memphis. And like there was the US day, USWA in there at the beginning of 1990. So it happened actually very fast as far as training, debuting and uh, like being on the show. It's not mm-hmm. like now, you know, even um, people talk about Kurt Angle or yeah. fill in the blanks. I know Ronda Rousey, recently, Brock. Brock. Yeah, yeah. People. But Austin, if you see, obviously he didn't become like a superstar, but it's just weird to see him go from, oh, I saw a commercial. I'm going to train mm-hmm. and I'm going to be featured like on their show. And he actually looks pretty decent in that early footage. Yeah. It yeah. Is, I mean, for sure. Is- but like the, I think the Kurt angle thing, it's apples and oranges because like Kurt immediately like was main event. Like, yeah, you know, Austin took, you know, even through WCW. So he debuted. When did you say what, what year? 89. So it took him seven years, right? Well, mm-hmm. It yeah. took Kurt Angle fucking less than six months, right? <laughs> right. So, I right. mean, it's kind of, 
And, but if and you think about his too, WCW run, which we'll get to, though, you'll see that he did ascend fairly quick in WCW, though. And yeah. he wasn't an Olympic athlete that had the machine behind him either. Definitely. You know, so yeah, it's just That's I think a, it's I think it's Brock apples and oranges. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock and Ronda, all those people we mentioned, mm-hmm. they did have that like you know everything going for them in terms of like the company backing you. Yeah, but like Austin's run even when we're going to get into all of this but like even from wcw to the to the federation it was a it was a pretty quick jump and then he's like the biggest star in the business and it mm-hmm. ends pretty quick too if you think about it like his career it yeah. wasn't super long career no. it was actually pretty short for mm-hmm. considering how impactful he was you know yep no that's a we great talked point. about that before like you know mm-hmm. how it's a few years like how you know Mr. Perfect was essentially a flash in the pan. I don't mean that. In comparison. Yeah, I don't mean that as far as like his, you know, obviously he's on our all-time favorites list, but just like how short his career was. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, it's it's nuts for Austin. Yeah. It it was was like four or five years, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have to talk about um, that that aspect of it, that it was cut short somewhat. Mm, But But I want to get into the fact that it was in Memphis that Stone Cold met Dutch Mantel, who, uh, once again, if you followed Austin's backstory, he credits Dutch as a huge influence Mm -hmm. in his career. And um, it was Dutch Mantel that kind of christened him Steve Austin because he was still working as Steve Williams. But there happened to be a Dr. Death Steve Williams there. A little bit bigger. And uh, Dutch gave him like a few minutes to pick a name. And Austin couldn't come up with one. So Dutch christened him Steve Austin because he's from Austin, Texas. You know, who would have known that it would stick like that? And yeah. um, the Steve Austin, for anyone, I guess, the Lee Majors thing and, and yeah, the fact yeah. that there was a, an actual Steve Austin, a $6 million man. Mm-hmm. Interesting um, that eventually Stone Cold Steve Austin intersects with a million dollar man. It's like... Mm-hmm kind of weird how all that works out but yeah yeah dutch mantel's influence uh we've known him as a wrestler after the fact we've seen him as like a guy on the outskirts of these companies throughout the years as a maybe as a backstage guy and as a manager manager, zeb coulter things like that but dutch mantel anytime you see a shoot interview hear him on a podcast he has one now he seems to be a guy that is really respected in the business at least by like those old timers Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but it was cool that it's dutch that gave him the name and the steve austin thing could you imagine if it was i mean steve williams or you know i i guess it he would have just overtook that like moniker because like dr Dusty williams i still yeah. it's like mm-hmm. you yeah. can't get him out of your head you know but if, if there was another one it would have been wild yeah i mean it definitely would have been weird because like it's hard to think of wrestlers that have the same name yeah. and there's you know, thousands of them. Yeah. yeah. So it definitely would have been weird to have two guys that were like, because, you know, Dr. Death, he had a fairly successful career too, you know, so that mm-hmm. definitely would have been weird. But I mean, Steve Austin, Steve Williams, he'd still be the shit, you know? He like, would. It just, it just rolls off the tongue so yeah, well. Like if he was sure. Steve Dallas or Steve Houston, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve, Steve Austin. Steve, yep. Steve Houston could have worked. Steve Houston, yeah. That <laughs> Steve Victoria. Steve El Paso, Texas, Texas. Yeah. So um, that was an interesting little uh, nugget in there about Dutch, though, being the one to give him the name. And as he went through the early years, it was the teacher versus student feud, Stone Cold. And Chris Adams had a little thing in USWA uh, in Memphis, technically. But 
not a lot of that's online. I've, yeah. I've tried to look it up and mm -hmm. some of those like Steve Austin, the early years DVDs, you can find some of it, yeah. but you should really check them out. I guess if you can, I certainly am interested if, cause it was a, it was a program that they ran for a while. Yeah. The Steve, mm -hmm. the Austin, stone cold, Steve Austin. And yeah. Austin actually ended up with Chris Adams, ex-wife. Right. And like, there was like a whole feud with like them and like Adams and his new girl. So like, that was like yeah. some real life, like yeah, drama. That's shit. Matt Hardy yeah. edge before. Yeah. Was it Steve? Was it um Chris Adams that gave him his blessing to have her as the manager? Or I don't know. I mean, you're talking about who, Lady Blossom. Lady Blossom. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, he ended up with her in real life, and uh, Chris Adams. He had a new girl. Um, Tony, I think was her name. I think I think they were married. Tony Adams or something. Okay. But I remember that. I remember that feud. Like that was a thing in USWI. I'm pretty sure that was on ESPN. I remember seeing that. Well, I think it's um <clears throat> it's just so wild, like all that earlier stuff. You talked about it, Frank, like seeing this guy, who would have thought he'd become, you know, the Texas uh -huh. rattlesnake. But it's yep. wild when you get to the WCW stuff, which I kind of want to get into. And mm -hmm. the <laughs> The fact that when he's coming down the aisle, they introduce him from Hollywood, California. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, even he's as soon as like, you open his mouth, yeah, it's like, yeah, what? Yeah. So it's just funny they slap that moniker on, uh, on Stone Cold Steve Austin from Hollywood, California, in WCW. This was 1991, and like I said, he he from 1989 to late 89 to 91, he's already debuting for the second major major company in the world in, in America, at least pro wrestling wise so yeah it wasn't long before uh austin started that he moved on to bigger and better things do you remember uh watching his debut or like the early years of stone of steve austin duke like would you be oh, watching yeah. wcw 1991 right then and there oh yeah for okay. sure i saw him before that like i said like i saw him on espn um I saw, I want to say he was in GWF, like global. I feel like I saw him there, maybe. It was USWA, but, a little bit of Memphis, I guess. Maybe it was global. I definitely saw him on ESPN. And then I liked him from day one. I always did, honestly. I liked him. Uh, Cactus Jack was in global. I always liked Cactus Jack. And I always liked Jeff Jarrett, like way back, like, I mean, 30 years ago. But, uh, yeah, I was a fan of Stunning Steve in WCW too. And like um he for sure was like that kind of like Ric Flair type, you know. I mean, he's gone on record as, you know, calling Ric Flair the greatest world champion of all time, you know. Yeah. Like he was a big Ric Flair guy. Mm -hmm. So like I think a lot of times in wrestling they start out like trying to do something and then they find themselves, you know, and uh yeah. If you're lucky, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, some guys never do, you know, like some guys are 40 years old and they don't know who they are still in the, <laughs> in wrestling. Um, cough, cough, Sean Spears. Cough, exactly. Cough. Yep. Yeah. That's the first guy that comes to your mind. Sean Spears. Oh man. hundred percent. Sure. One week that's, he has a mohawk. The next yeah. week he has hair. The next week he has a beard. Then he's got no beard. Then he's got, you know, a shaved eyebrow. Then he doesn't have <laughs> a shaved eyebrow. Then he's got a chair. Then he's not the chairman. Like pick a lane, bro. Like <laughs> chairman. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But Stunning Steve, hell yeah. I like him I'm all the time. Like um TV title, like feuding with like beautiful Bobby back in the day. Mm -hmm. 
like um, fighting guys like the Z-Man and stuff. So I was on board. The Dangerous Alliance was awesome. Like, if you haven't checked that out, you should absolutely check them out. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to the Dangerous Alliance because um, it it was interesting because now Austin says he couldn't really get behind the stunning moniker or being from Hollywood, California. But I know a lot of people look back on that stuff fondly mm-hmm. like even though you love the stone cold gimmick but frank yeah, when yeah. you go back and watch any of the stunning steve stuff awesome good stuff even the stuff even when it was against like beautiful bobby like watching all that stuff it's like it's cool you know and like you could see a guy who has something mm-hmm. but like even still not like you watch that stuff and it's like i'm not convinced that this is the guy you know mm-hmm. what i mean who's gonna he's going even like uh, title like a world title contender, just like another guy who's fighting for belt. It's just like okay, but this guy has some stuff. He's he's a big guy. He's in great shape. Beautiful blonde hair. You know, which is yeah. funny to think mm-hmm. what he becomes. <laughs> but like all that stuff is cool. Obviously, I saw that. Like I I went back and watched all that stuff because my first um experience with him was I hated him because he was uh he was feuding with Savio Vega. <laughs> you know, you know, I was a Savio Vega <laughs> yeah. guy. I'm a kid and I'm like, who's this guy beating the shit out of Savio Vega every time I tune in, you know? So like, it was funny for me with Austin because my first impression was him smashing Vega and I hated on him. I was like, fuck this guy. He's corny. He's just a, you know, bald white dude. But, but I was more of a WCW fan at that time. So like I left, you know, I would leave WWE for a little bit and then come back. And then I'm like, this guy's the coolest fucking dude I've ever <laughs> seen, you know, like really quick. It was, it was funny that like switch for me. Cause it was like, I hated him one day. Once I came back, I was all on board. So that's funny. Yeah. Also that's- cool. But that's stunning Steve stuff. And the, with the stuff with Brian Pillman. Like, yeah. I want to definitely get that, into that. I want to get into the awesome. Pillman stuff, but I want to I was going to ask, yeah, go um, like what your first experience was Frank. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I, I know that you got into it later than yeah. we did. It was literally watching him beating the guy. Yeah, you a told me that before. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, oh, not this guy, you know? It's fun. So, John Boy, did you first see him as Stone Cold then? So, my, no, I definitely saw uh, Stunning Steve, but okay. my introduction wasn't watching WCW Saturday Night or it was actually the WCW trading cards, the official oh, WCW wow. trading cards. I was a collector of, you know, any cards back then, but I remember getting the WCW ones and these guys seemed so larger than life in the magazines. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. seeing Austin with the neon tights and all that stuff, even back then I was like, Oh, this guy, you know, he looks like he's somebody get the golden mm-hmm. hair. It like you, he looked like he's a star. Pop some knee pads on him. No. Yeah. Yeah. But he always I looked good. That. He had, the, he had the, <laughs> you know, that. But he had a good, you know, like look good body. Like he looked like a big deal. But yeah, I didn't no. know until I started watching like avidly 93-ish WCW stuff, like that he was not a world champion. He wasn't mm-hmm. even a main eventer. And <laughs> he he settled into being an upper mid-card wrestler. Like yeah. he had that for a lot of his run and he held titles throughout. Like other than a few weeks, I think Barry Windham got the TV, but he dominated the TV title scene. Yeah for you know most of his run there and what do you guys think real quick about the wcw tv title though as a stepping stone like for guys and for like i said austin dominating the scene do you guys (laughs) think that title like in retrospect like do you put it on that level of ic or us or do you think it was just 
kind of I don't crop. I don't put it at that level. Okay. I see it US. I think of it as a level just below those guys. I do think it's important. And if we're looking at it as a stepping stone to whatever, if you look at wrestling that way, you go TV, US world mm-hmm. title. I think that's the that's the order. You know, so like him having it was like a, it's a good, it's a cool belt to have, but it almost reminds me of maybe like what the um Oh Atlantic. Yeah, exactly. AEW's mm-hmm. like that title. I was gonna say mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of that. It's like it's cool. I think it there's value in it. I'm, I think it means something, but to me, it's not the TNT or the AEW world title. You know, it's a level below. We'll see what happens with <clears throat> AEWs, but that's how I feel about it. So I think it's something cool to have, but I don't necessarily think it puts you in that intercontinental, not, especially not the intercontinental title. You know what I mean? Like when you think of the prestige of that belt versus WCW's TV, it's like I don't think it's in the same. You didn't think of it as like a stepping stone. Like, okay, he's got the TV title. He's going up to the... No. Yeah, I didn't necessarily think that. I think the TV title a lot of people could get, you know, because he beat Beautiful Bobby for it, right? And Mm -hmm. it's like, I didn't... I don't... I never, you know, obviously watching all his old stuff, I never look at Bobby and thinking he's the world champion, you know, type of guy. So I think that's about that. Like, you see who's legit and Austin just happened to have it and he ran with it for a little while. But... um. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I do think it can be a stepping stone to something, but not an automatic, like maybe where the IC used to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. 329 days was his run after beating Bobby, uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton. So he had it for 329 days before, like I said, that the couple of weeks Barry Wyndham interrupted it and then Mm -hmm. Austin won it back and had it for another 102 days. So he combined those runs. He had it for well over a year mm-hmm. total. And, you know, so he dominated that scene. Duke, what do you think about the TV title? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't I like Frank. I, I never saw it as like a stepping stone to, you know, the world title. Like way back in the day, the TV title, I remember Arn Anderson had it and he would come out and cut promos and he would be like, this belt means that I'm the best wrestler on television today. Cause like the world title wouldn't be defended, mm-hmm. you know, on TV. So that's what the TV title was for. But um, I do think it was valuable. Like when you look back at some of the names, I don't think it was um a stepping stone, like the IC title, but I do think it was kind of like a worker's title. Mm-hmm. Hence Bobby Eaton getting it. I mean, Bobby Eaton, if you guys don't know him, beautiful Bobby of the Midnight Express, go look him up because he is criminally underrated as far as like, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a hand mm-hmm. in pro wrestling. Yeah. That dude was good at everything. He could work any style. Um, The Midnight Express together, I mean, mm-hmm. are an incredible tag team. And um, there were guys like, you know, like Bobby Eaton, who was a good hand, who got a shot. And like, you know, Tom Zink, who was like a solid hand, you know, <laughs> like Johnny B. Bad, who liked the gimmick or not, like the dude could do some cool shit. Like yeah. Yeah. Steven Regal, man, like one of the greatest TV champions ever, in my opinion. Like there were a lot of dudes, Mike Rotundo, like a lot of like technicians had this title. So I do think it has merit. Um, Obviously, towards the end, WCW fucking ruined it. Of course, mm-hmm. they literally threw it in the trash can, I think, and Duggan <laughs> yeah. like picked it out of the trash or something. But exactly, yeah. I mean, that was kind of a worker's title at one at one point. Yeah. But yeah. I think it was there for like the mid card guys to be rewarded. I think you know, like yeah. guys like Bobby Eaton, etc. Bobby Eaton, Steve Austin. You mentioned Tom Zink, Arn Anderson. Some people, yeah. I mean, you can the greatest television. Yeah, you can name a lot of like 
really good, like technically sound guys. Ricky Scott Steamboat. Steiner, Scott yeah. Steiner won yeah. the TV title, you know, yeah. um, you know, as Scotty Steiner, not Big Papa Pump, you know, so. Yeah, I um, just wanted to um, at least get your guys opinion on the TV title because, you know, at that time it meant a lot and mm-hmm. people can forget it now because WCW is, is, you know, a joke mm-hmm. to some people, but. Austin uh, dominated that scene and he was told by Dusty Rhodes that he was going to get a solo run with Harley Race as his manager. And that was where he was he was gearing up for that because he was a big fan of Harley. He was really looking forward to the opportunity, but instead he would be put into a tag team with Brian Pillman. And he didn't even know it till he got there. He said that <laughs> Pillman pulled him aside and said, hey, we're a team. Mm-hmm. So, Frank, you heard this story, right? Yeah, obviously. Um before, you know, anyone, like I said, that's, that knows Stone Cold knows he had this run with Brian Pillman. But, man, that wasn't supposed to go as well as I guess it went, right? Yeah. What yeah. do you think of the of the Hollywood Blondes? Like making, you know, definition of making chicken salad out of chicken shit, right? Like, you <laughs> both, both dudes. Because Austin always talks about, you know, he's having a good run. He's a TV champion. You know what I mean? Like, why is he, you know, getting put in a tactic? But Pillman, too, you know, because Pillman was doing his own thing, kind of carving his own niche lane mm-hmm. in pro American pro wrestling, at least right. at the time, you know, is this high flying guy doing great shit with Jushin Liger and all those types of the time. So it's sort of like to see them, you know, teamed up. It's like, all right, little rando, you know, just two guys and they become the Hollywood Blondes eventually. But like, awesome shit. Like, I still play with them. I, I play fire pro wrestling. I still have the Hollywood blondes, you know, and it's like one of those teams that like it's, it sits with you because they were both super solid, both very different, but it worked. They embraced the whole Hollywood gimmick. You know, once they did that, that became, you know, takes him, takes you to a next level as a team. We all, we always agree like matching gear and mm-hmm. things in unison it was what makes a proper tag team, you know, at least makes it feel like a tag team. And those guys embraced it. And it was super, super cool. And it's fun to look back on it, seeing Austin and that stay Austin and Pillman both in that, like that version of them, you know, cause they would switch so dramatically a couple years later. That's exactly right. The dude, dude, the character <laughs> like back then, the work that Austin was doing, he was like, he was a jokester, like at times, <laughs> like they, they were over the top. Like it was not like what he would eventually become. He was trying to do some comedy stuff. They were playing off each other really well. Um, but you saw Austin debut. You knew him before WCW, but you saw him come in. And it wasn't long before they put him in a tag team with Pillman. So what do you think right off the bat? Yeah, I mean, I liked both of those guys. Um, Like Frank said, it was like random for sure. Because like he's like doing like the TV title thing. And then Pillman at the time, I think, was feuding with like Brad Armstrong or something. Mm-hmm. Like over like the light heavyweight title or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, he had just turned bad, which I felt was weird because he was like this blazing baby face. But once they got together, I mean, it was it was awesome. You know, I think once they once Austin bought in, I think, you know, like, all right, well, this is what they gave me. So I'm going to kill it, you know, and Mm -hmm. I respect that. Like, you know, and they they succeeded despite WCW, you know, because they basically were putting a tag team to just sit there you know like but they had great matches with um you know ricky steamboat and shane douglas and Mm -hmm. the horsemen like they feuded i remember they had a two out of three fall match with uh the horsemen um 
and like them insulting Ric Flair, you know, like oh, on yeah. like a flair for the gold. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really entertaining stuff. Yeah, they netted a, a 169 day tag title ring. They defeated uh, Steamboat and Shane Douglas, guys you just mentioned. So the, the Hollywood Blondes did become tag champions. They did make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> I feel like they, um, once you once they bought in, like you said, especially Austin, you could see that he could do anything, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not really fit for, I guess, in hindsight, like a lot of the uh, pretty boy stuff, yeah. honestly. You know what I mean? I think the uh, the badass stuff served him a little bit better. You know, we would find that out. But yeah, I feel like that little era for Austin showed that he can do pretty much anything. And when we get to the invasion stuff later, he kind of <laughs> he kind of called back to some of those uh, the comedic so, timing. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. exactly. You know what I mean? But yeah, in WCW, um, he was, I guess, a great prospect at one time to one of the best young wrestlers in the business at that time. But he was surrounded by great talent. He was part of the Paul Heyman's dangerous Alliance. You touched on it, Duke. What a crew, Rick rude, Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco and Bobby. Eaton. That team. I feel like you can't really be underrated. I don't think anymore because we talk like mm. pro wrestling fans, legit fans talk about all that stuff. So mm. regardless though, that, that team like on paper, it should be top Huge. five, right? Yeah. 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 yeah dangerous alliance well all of those guys should be in the hall of fame right i don't think they I, are I, well i think aren't bobby they Eaton's all except the, for bobby yeah only bobby yeah like the midnight express probably won't get in because they never worked in the wwe but we all know the wwe hall of fame is bullshit anyway yeah, yeah, but yeah. if yeah. you put them if there's a wrestling hall of fame that doesn't have the midnight express in it you're you're false like you mm-hmm. don't right it doesn't yeah, even yeah. count that's like, not true yeah when you right. look back if you want to know how impactful they are, you can go as far as tuning in to AEW and listening to FTR's theme music mm-hmm. and then looking at their tights and seeing the rainbow on them mm-hmm. that they got from the Midnight Express. Yeah, that's it's definitely mm-hmm. true. And you want to go back. And if you are a Stone Cold fan, some of the stuff can be found on some of the older DVDs. If you mm-hmm. have them, Peacock yeah, doesn't like clash of the champions like they're all over that. The Hollywood Blondes and the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, the Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. They fought on yeah. one of the clashes. So you yep. can find that. All of his <laughs> matches, uh, particularly with Steamboat, were, uh, I mean, I Iron Man know. match. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this was an actual um, feud that with uh, Steamboat and him yep. that you wouldn't even think they crossed paths. Like yeah, yeah, Steamboat yeah. was a little bit out of his prime, but great. Do you stuff remember? <laughs> stunning steve's tights do you remember what it said when he fought him what did he, he had, say he had dragon slayer across the butt <laughs> nice. when he fought him it was nice cool. he used to he started doing oh that. right it was the black chunks yeah was he was that for the u.s title by then bash at the beach 94 uh that would have been I want to say it was for the u.s title because yeah because had... i i remember him having like u.s champ on his tights because he took the he took the yeah it was Dustin Rhodes yeah, okay. he took the uh the U.S. title from Dustin Rhodes I think in okay. ninety three yeah. Halloween Havoc ninety three but yeah any of this stuff with Steamboat Dustin Rhodes even that two out of three falls match um there's a lot of good stuff unfortunately there was a very 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 quick loss to Hacksaw Jim Duggan that would 
kind of spell the end of his mm-hmm. run there. But there's a theme of anger, frustration, and like a chip on his shoulder uh, and hard work. But like that theme for Stone Cold, like the frustration and like I'm not getting, you know, it's a, it's a theme that we hear a lot with wrestlers even now today. I'm not getting what I deserve or I yeah. could have a better push or spot. Do you think he was justified or do you think there's only so much room at the top? Like, you yeah, say sometimes, you know, exactly. And that's like, you know, wrongly, I would have maybe thought the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, as it turned out, we would be wrong because like you see what he's doing and he's definitely a solid hand. He's definitely having really good fun matches with some of these guys, guys like Ricky Steamboat. You have a great match. You can you have a great match with anybody. So like, Obviously he could he can go. Obviously he's like a good looking dude, and he he almost seems like the total package. But like, just that's like Luger. Yeah, um, he just didn't. When I look at that stuff, I don't think of a world champion. You know, mm-hmm. this is going back, and like, especially for the world champions of the time. You know, and like, we're we're talking about some of the biggest names in you know the business ever. And this mm-hmm. guy he just wasn't quite there. And I think Austin even admits it himself, like. You know, he may have fired that guy at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way, the way things shook out and where his place in the card was, and was he selling tickets? Where like were people who were showing up at those shows there to see, you know, Steve Austin? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe you know, like some hardcore fans, you know. But like the overall consensus was like, not this guy isn't ready to get be shot to the moon. So, you know, I understand, like where those every everybody was coming from at that time everybody would have been wrong. You know, he proved everybody wrong. That shows, you know, what that guy has inside of himself, you know, to go out there and take himself to the next level. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say because he didn't, he doesn't scream world champion to me at any point until we're like talking almost attitude era Austin, you know? You had Sting, you had Vader, you had guys like Lex Luger. Uh, I mentioned Dustin Rhodes, Paul Orndorff. There was some kind of spot, perhaps, but looking back, I think I agree with you. Duke, what do you think? And do you believe that, I guess, they were justified, them being WCW, as to pass on him as a main event player at that time? I think sometimes you have to go through this shit to, you know, I think he needed that edge. I think he needed to be pissed off and go to ECW and, like, you know, kind of let loose. He had a lot of frustration, and I think he needed that. You know, um, I don't know if you guys saw the little thing with Cody Rhodes, like the little interview. He said, like, he wasn't ready before. Yeah. And, like, now he is. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of wrestlers that do go through that. You know, mm-hmm. like, The Rock, like Rocky Maivia, they pushed him mm-hmm. to the moon, man, and, like, no one was buying that shit. Mm-hmm. And it took him changing his character and you know kind of like using that again that like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. hatred to be like fuck you guys i am Mm -hmm. the shit and i'm gonna show everybody how good i am you know and i think that sometimes you need that and i think Mm -hmm. that he needed that you know so were they right in releasing him i mean it's hard to say they were right in releasing one of the The one of the biggest names ever. ever you know but at that time, was he ready? I mean, who knows? He mm-hmm. knows because right. he was confident, you know, but yeah, I yeah. think that he needed that. I think he needed to, you know, hit rock bottom for all intents and, and purposes. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how far he got, but I mean, getting fired sucks. 
And then, mm-hmm. like, you know, going to a shitty bingo hall in Philadelphia where you were just at all these, you know, mm-hmm. and I say that with love. I'm an ECW fan, but, you know, you're going from mm-hmm. making at least six figures, I'm sure, to making like Paulie, whatever he's paying these guys, you know, right. for the night. Hey, come to my basement and cut this <laughs> promo, you know, but I think yeah. that he needed that. I think he needed to go through everything he went through. Yeah, I think, and I think you're right, dude, because like you hear that a lot, a lot of guys with that chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. maybe not getting a shine. We think of guys like even like a, a Chris Jericho or a CM Punk where unhappy in their situation, feeling like they should have more. And eventually they go somewhere and they make it happen, you know, or mm-hmm. Punk's circumstance, you know, he just got himself over whatever way he had to get himself over. Right. But like, I think that's something like some if you don't have like um any kind of like hurdles to climb, like obstacles in your path. If shit's easy, you get what we had with Roman for so many years. Mm-hmm. You know? But like, but look mm-hmm. at Roman now, though. You know, he found his spot. You know, mm-hmm. now now you have these marks on the internet acting like he's God's gift to pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like everybody has to have some. Every top guy, I should say, has to have some sort of hurdle. You know, unless yeah. you're Kurt Angle or Brock. <laughs> yeah, unless you're yeah another yeah. guy that had a similar sort of. I don't want to say similar, but it's forgotten now because he's the golden child. But Triple H, like, oh, yeah, you remember when he finally broke through in the interview with Jr. and he like, I'm sick of this shit, like a similar road sort of. And he'll come into play later when we talk about King of the Ring. But I wanted to mention him. And you do make a good point, Duke, like some guys, most guys, I think, um, need that. I mean, there's only so many Kurtz or Brocks or whatever. And even a young guy now like MJF, like I always say, like in five or six years, I think I'm going to ride with MJF. Like, I think by then he'll be like sure of who he is, I hope. Mm-hmm. And he'll be more mm-hmm. believable. He'll, yeah. he'll look more like a man, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a, like a grown up because mm-hmm. he's he's doing the little bo- like the young up and comer hotshot now. But he still tries to sell you on Regal passed on me for three years like his whole like crying whining spiel doesn't feel as uh like similar as stone cold would tell us later on you know what i mean well i think once again austin was genuine Mm. you know like people i always go back to something that the rock said when he was talking to john cena he said the people know bullshit yeah you know and like that's true. Listen, all due respect to John Cena. You know, the guy had a great career. You can't you can't say anything. He's one of the greatest of all time. He's the 16-time world champion, you know, but he's, he's full the king of shit. of king of make a wish. So yeah, I give but, him I give yeah, him that. 100%. You know I mean? Like he's sure. a superhuman being, but like mm-hmm. he's full of shit, you know, mm-hmm. like and like we people knew that. And like mm-hmm. the rock said, that's why people when when it was the Rock versus Cena, all the grown-ups were on Team Rock because mm-hmm. like this guy's full of shit, you right. know. And like right. I think with Austin once again, as we mentioned, like from the gate, like that dude is what you see is what you get. Yeah. It's why we love Brett so much, you yeah. know. Right. You can say whatever you want about Bret Hart when he talks. That motherfucker is telling the truth. Yeah, whether it's funny you, you brought up Brett, yeah, because yeah. I felt the same way. I was gonna say, like Austin, I feel with Austin when he's talking, I I look at it the same way Brett talks. I'm like, he's not lying to me. You right, know? Exactly. Like, I feel like he's being honest. I feel yep. like I take his word as like truth. You know, and he, how he many of me, those wrestlers guys? Hero match because I was just <laughs> believe everything he was saying. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, how yep. many of those wrestler guys can you count that you 
yeah it's on about, one hand it's know? on one hand and i have love for so many dudes that yeah, are yeah, cool yeah. shit mm-hmm. yeah, you know yeah, what i mean because yeah. i can separate like the yeah. body of work unless obviously you did something awful right but um you know like that's why even like when all that shit about vince came out i still have love for vince dude like mm. still to this day like i can't forget what that man gave me as a child you know yeah. and like the reason i'm doing this right now you know yeah it's a separate thing but with stone cold well he wasn't stone cold yet steve austin so he wanted to be the top guy he was waiting for his break but instead got fired over the phone eric bischoff it's been documented <laughs> the wcw's reasons they fired him were because they didn't think he was a marketable wrestler and we will come to find out even though wwf eventually hired him vince mcmahon agreed that he wasn't marketable at first. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. Um, we did talk about if they were right or wrong or justified in their firing. Um, let's just talk about the fact that he was given a platform by Paul Heyman right after mm. WCW yeah. in ECW. He was given a platform to run free, take the chains off. Austin and the Sandman mixed it up. The similarities there, you can count them. But yeah, I feel like between... The stuff with Sandman and the quick stuff with Mikey Ripwreck. So there was only two or three matches mm-hmm. that I could even find that I think that might be it that he had. It is. It is. Yeah, okay. it was very quick. Other than the promos. But um, superstar Steve Austin only had two yep. matches. Yeah. Yep. And the three-way versus the Sandman and Mikey Ripwreck. Rip, uh, easy for me to say. And then a one-on-one with Mikey Ripwreck, which he lost. Yep. But the most interesting thing to come out of that match and their feud was Austin adopting Whipwreck's finisher, the Whippersnapper, and christening eventually the Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Weird, right? Bizarre. It's funny because that little stint in ECW, like the Sandman, for those that haven't seen the Sandman, go watch his entrance. <laughs> Comes out drinking beer. You know, Mikey Whipwreck, the Whippersnapper. It's the Stone Cold Stunner. It's kind of crazy. Like, that Isn't guy it? straight up was like, yoink, I'm going to yeah. take this with me. You know, like, it's nuts. Imagine the internet now, right? If someone oh, goes yeah. through oh, an independent God. territory. It. Let's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Uh, whoever. Wardlow I mean, goes Sarah somewhere. Logan got killed for imitating, you know, the yeah, girl whoever in NWA. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Can you imagine now? Like, mm-hmm. it's just funny how that worked out, you know? Yep. But uh, there was also a classic promo, a, a few. But this one, Austin has talked about it. it was shot incredibly late, like 4 a.m., probably in Paulie's basement, like you said, Duke. Yeah, for sure. But it included some spot-on impressions of Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair, mm-hmm. Stone Cold, or Steve Austin at the time. He's griping about his lack of opportunities, talking about where the big boys play. Frank, were you in on no, you were not in on ECW yet, right? No, I was not. I was not. Yeah, but you've so seen like, this stuff and Austin's yeah. time in ECW since then, right? You watched, yeah, this definitely. Stuff. And okay. he has a couple of promos in ECW that are like all time favorites of mine, including the one you're talking about. Obviously, that's like the legendary one. I show that to people all the time, like people who don't know Stone Cold, like before Stone Cold. Um, mm. I always show that ECW promo because it's just like. It's spot on. And you feel it though. Like, and there's a version, I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's a version of that promo that goes that extends like a few seconds like after he's done. And you see like Tommy oh, yeah. Dreamer sitting there, like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's like he geeks out about how mm-hmm. good it was, you know. And it's like that promo to me is an all-timer. 
for me. Um, it really, I guess you, you get to see like the earliest glimpses of what he'll become, you know, like the anger in his character and, but the authenticity as well. Um, great stuff. Yeah. Like I said, I saw it all in like retrospect, but super cool. Um, and like, I, you got to give Paulie credit, you know, like as a mind for the business, we talk, we love, we all love Paulie, but it's just like, is, you know, if he doesn't have this ECW run, do we ever get the biggest superstar, you know, in the business? Because even when he does go to the fed, they tried to bullshit him there mm -hmm. at first. So it's sort of like, who knows, you know, without this little, the short run in ECW where Paulie just gave him like an open mic, do what you got to do. Cause then not all the promos are classic, you know, like I don't love the one where he's dressed like Bischoff or whoever, yeah, he, I mean, you know, like Hogan, that. right. Or yeah. Hogan. Yeah. He yeah, dresses so like, like both of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a, you know, so they're not all bangers to me, but still he was able to express himself and he put it out there and, you know, it gets in Vince's ear a little bit, you know, cause Vince acts like he doesn't pay attention, but I think he paid attention to all that shit, especially at that time, you know, maybe now he really doesn't care about anybody, but <laughs> yeah, you know, at that time, as long as there's stuff like on record, right. Cause if this never happens, I don't think Vince ever cares what this guy has to say, or if he's upset and shit like that, you know, he's and, a he's, mid and he WCW certainly guy. wouldn't have adopted the things Duke's talking about, like the whippersnapper yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or exactly. the, or the beer yeah, drinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah, without exactly. those things, this character is mm -hmm. not the same. It's so crazy. these three months in ECW literally uh, shaped the eventual mm -hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's not like we talked about McFoley in ECW. We talked about a lot of guys who had stints in ECW and how important and impactful mm -hmm. those times were. You can't deny it, yeah. you know? No, so and that's one thing that I'll say about, you know, because I love WCW still to this day, to this mm -hmm. day. Like, mm -hmm. I still love WCW, but Me too. like they they never really made stars mm -hmm. like Vince made these fucking guys like, I mean, name them, right? Like mm -hmm. Cactus Jack, like who the hell would have thought that World Mick Champion. Foley, yeah. I mean, yeah. household name, you could say mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. all timer, like. Hell in a Cell moment, like that's a that's an all time mm -hmm. moment in pro mm -hmm. wrestling. Like mm -hmm. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, you know, like he took these dudes and like it's just crazy to me. Like they had so much talent, like in the early nineties, that when they were really you know not competing with WWF, mm -hmm. and like Vince took them all and like just and you know to their credit, right? Like Austin obviously had a little stint in ECW. He fucking killed it. And then yeah. he was like, look, look what I can do now. Yeah. Now, now give me a shot, you know, but it's just crazy to think all the, I mean, Dustin Rhodes, like mm -hmm. he, he's without gold dust. He's not what he is today. No, no. Like, and that's crazy to think like the son of Dusty Rhodes yeah. took him becoming gold dust, gold dust you yeah. know, like just nuts. Yep, just those three months, though, in ECW. He made the impact in this little Philly regional promotion. And like you said, so much so for Vince to take some notice. And it was on to the WWF. The ringmaster was brought in as a utility guy with a manager, Ted DiBiase. Uh, Austin's mentioned it many times. He was brought in to be, what do they call it? Like a um, a carpenter or like just a guy in, in the middle of the card to sort of... Um, carry a match 
do the workers thing, you know, uh, yeah. a utility guy. And it's wrestling folklore or fan lore, I guess you could say, that the ringmaster was like a stock WWE gimmick, that it was actually an, a gimmick they had on the shelf that was originally intended for Brian Clark in 93. Brian oh, Clark, wow. later yeah, Adam Bomb. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. It that doesn't. One. Huh. You know, but at least, at least with Austin, he goes like, "Well, yeah, he's says, like, like a you're a master of the ring, yeah. you're a technician." You know what I mean? Exactly. But like Brian Clark, it's like, what? How the hell did he? Maybe it wouldn't master? have been like a technician wow. ring master. Yeah, it would have just, just been like a, like a master guy. of the yeah, ring, yeah. like a yeah. dominant. I like you can't so come in this ring without me saying so. Huh. And listen, and what a strange move, especially considering what he just did in ECW to put like a mouthpiece on him you know mm-hmm. obviously it's ted DiBiase, yeah. so it's like you know you can't be mad at it it's like because he's one of the best but like still you know like the guy just was cutting the best promos of his career i mean at, at that point and then you're like yeah we're gonna fucking call you the ringmaster and have some <laughs> other guy talk for you it's like wow, mm-hmm. what are you thinking you know but that's something i wanted to bring up to you guys and uh we'll we'll i'll just skip ahead to that question now but like Austin's considered one of the greatest talkers of all time. Like anybody that says they're top 10 promo guys, they're probably going to mention Austin somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not me, but I know a lot of people <laughs> do, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's funny to think about that. Cause he had so many managers from all the valets we mentioned um, or didn't mention, but there were a lot of valets in there. Colonel Parker, Ted DiBiase, even Paul Heyman and the Dangerous mm-hmm. Alliance. It's just interesting that, you know, one of the greatest talkers of all time was usually stuck with a manager. It's mm-hmm. just weird to think that. Yeah. Um, but yet it was, it takes time too to figure out who you are. And like him being brought in as the ringmaster, he's always going to smash that idea in these documentaries. Like what the fuck were they thinking? And we could say that now, but put your wrestling booker hat on or whatever. Like, how are you bringing this dude in? who hasn't still proven that he is the world champion material. So like, would you guys have like, it's hard to think now, but like, do you think you could have just pushed them right in and kept the neon on them or. Yeah. I mean, it's a tricky, it's a tricky situation, you know, cause obviously he's showing potential in this off time or this downtime in the ECW. Um, he was a solid hand over there in WCW, great worker and all that. But like you said, he's still not this big draw and he still doesn't necessarily have this character that is this total ass kicker, you know? So like if he was this ass kicker everywhere he went, maybe you can just bring him into WWF and drop him in and say, hey, cut a promo. You're the badass dude. And you could run with it, but he still hadn't even developed that, you know, um, persona reputation, you know? So it's sort of like it's a tough spot. It's like it's, it's a very interesting career journey for him because he had to earn it you know like where a lot of guys might get recognized in another company and then come in and get pushed to the moon we see it all the time any guys anytime a guy gets signed to a company even back in those days they get pushed to the moon if they're like a top guy somewhere else and austin had to still earn and still prove his stripes and even when he starts doing the stone cold stuff it's not what it what we all know and love from him now so it's like it's it's funny yeah i don't know i mean it's a tricky spot because you have he still has to earn some of it even though he feels like he's worked so hard you know like already up to that point but he's not yeah, a, I mean, it worked out do you remember brian pillman's um like sort of fanfare or buzz when he went to ecw oh yeah he, his yeah. name his stock was up here yeah like, yeah. A- yeah austin's wasn't like that even though that yeah. stint was like big time in ecw yeah, for yeah. him he didn't come in 
So, Duke, I'll ask you the same thing. I mean, him coming in, ringmaster. You're, and look, I did see this in real time, and I'll be real with you. I knew I knew that guy. I knew I watched him in WCW, but he just seemed like the most generic, mm-hmm. vanilla guy mm-hmm. that uh, was in the middle of like a lot of characters around him. So he stood out, if nothing else just for being basic, but what do you remember about him coming in and would you have done anything different that you can think of? I mean, I don't know. Like Frank, you mentioned like Vince, you know, probably paid attention, but do you think he did? Like, do you think he watched that? Because it's like, yeah, after that guy just like kills it on the mic, like this is what you did. You -hmm. know, like it. So I don't know, man. I just think it's hard for Vince to ever like, We've talked about like anything he doesn't create, you oh, know, yeah. it's hard it's hard for him to like 100%. push, push. And it's sort of like even if he had some stuff, it's like I think Vince always thought of himself as like this is the big league. So like you might kill it wherever you're killing it, but you have to prove something to me. Yeah. You know? And uh so I think that's what everybody has going against them, you know, mm-hmm. unless Vince is putting a million dollars into you right away, like the guys we've already mentioned, Kurt yeah. Angle and those types, Rondas, you know. So like mm-hmm. I think Vince in his old age, he got maybe even a little lazier you know and instead of making people earn it you know just sort of was giving guys whatever he thought they were going to get but um yeah i don't know like i do think vince you know especially with when i and i say that especially with ecw because you know vince always had this weird thing with ecw Mm -hmm. so much so that some people think you know he was a part owner keeping them alive you know like the conspiracy goes you know so i don't know for sure but i feel like vince isn't as uh like flippant with like his attitude towards those those companies he is like toward the wrestling today or mm-hmm. whatever the last few you know i think he he was aware that he, well, he was bankrolling ecw yeah. for most of it right so that... yeah you know and he's and he wasn't you know necessarily the only dog you know in the race at the time you know so like there was, he had a vested interest in what these other companies were doing so like i think he knew but i still think he's like yeah but you haven't done that shit here and this is where it counts so you know he's gonna make you earn it so we're gonna give you brian clark's gimmick yeah exactly go figure like holy shit yeah yeah but like when i saw him like mm -hmm. i still i liked him i always liked steve austin i really did so like i was still like all right dude let's see (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. even though it sucked like the gimmick sucked but i was still like cheering for you know what you know did did it suck like, do you really think that the gimmick, uh, like you're being placed with Ted DiBiase, you'll be given the million dollar title on your first night. Brother loves interviewing DiBiase. They bring him out, present him with the million dollar title. You're, you know, you got a buzz cut. You're not quite bald or whatever. Some random yeah. like green <laughs> trunks. I don't know. The look's I not just, great, but I think it I sucked know. for him. Right, yeah. right, That's right. That's all. It just wasn't, once again, we're going to bring this word up throughout this podcast genuine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't genuine. It wasn't mm-hmm. him. If you want to do that for William Regal, yeah, right. I can I can get behind that. Yeah, you want to put him with Ted DiBiase and tell me he's the greatest technical yeah, wrestler yeah. in the world? Hell yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, right. You know, but like the Austin thing once again, it was just not genuine. After seeing him, like, you know, kind of cut loose for a minute and be like, "Oh shit!" Like this dude's gonna. You know, because he was like, fuck everybody. I'm going to do this. You know, once again, he had that chip on his shoulder. And then they're like, nah, you're going to be the ringmaster, buddy. Yeah, And I was going to argue that maybe the gimmick does suck. And the spot didn't necessarily suck, right? Because you have a title there and you have a title 
whether it's a real title or not. I don't think the spot suck, but Duke also just convinced me that maybe the gimmick doesn't suck because if it was really in Regal, I'd be all about it. You know, that's so what like, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, just so like maybe you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, could could the Undertaker have been successful if it wasn't Mark Calloway? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like it's gotta, it's gotta, it's all be, gotta fit, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Everything has to. It's that perfect storm type thing, you know. Like, yeah. so I don't think that the gimmick sucked. I just think it sucked for him. That's the best way to put it, because I know yeah. he he's quick to always say they straddle me with this shitty gimmick and blah, blah, blah. And I, I mean, you're right. In thinking about it, maybe it could have worked for someone else. But if you guys want to all go back and look at, and seek out some of Stone Cold's or the Ringmaster's first few matches, you'll see some cool names that he mixed it up with. A young Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. a young a young Scott Taylor. Obviously, you have the, the stuff with Savio, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff in there with Mark Merrow. Marty Jannetty, even a random match that I actually was able but to stumble. By upon. the time he fought, like Marrow, was he still the ringmaster? He was technically, I think he was still the ringmaster, I, or oh, maybe, okay. maybe he ditched because he wasn't Stone Cold yet. Okay, um, yeah. I have to look that one up. Yeah, but yeah, there's some stuff in there for for sure. But Austin has gone on record to talk about where the inspiration came for the Stone Cold thing. And it was the Iceman, Richard Kuklinski. It was uh, the inspiration from, uh, I guess, he saw this special on HBO. I sort of low-key remember this. You two, you might too uh, as well, Duke. But I remember the guy, but I remember the special. And it was very deliberate, slow, Mm -hmm. cold, technically. Um, very Jake Roberts esque the way that stone cold was actually delivering these promos at first mm-hmm. when he first switched into this gimmick and got away from million dollar man who was, who was leaving. I think he was gone to WCW. Um, and I actually read that DiBiase was gone uh, to WCW. And he actually told Vince McMahon that he promised to leave. If Austin lost the strap match to Savio Vega, which he did lose. And um, and the following week, Austin admittedly, he he was done with the gimmick. He threw out the title, the million-dollar title. But we got the interest, the introduction of the Stone Cold thing I mentioned through the Richard Klinsky. Did you guys ever hear the names they considered before Stone Cold? Oh, yeah. We have to get I into mean, the names. Yeah, like you have to remind me of the act, but I've heard the names you know, it's told by Stone Cold and it's like, oh my goodness. Can let me imagine? give you the let me give you the four best ones. And let me let's just let's think if you can put the marquee of WrestleMania 15, 16, <laughs> 17 with this name in front of it. So we got The Rock versus Fang McFrost. <laughs> or we got The Rock <laughs> versus Otto von Ruthless. Oh yeah, that's a sick one. We got The Rock versus Ice Dagger. <laughs> or in the main event of WrestleMania 18. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> the Rock versus Chili McFreeze. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Can that you can't imagine? be real, bro. Nah, dude, it has to be real because because <laughs> we've gotten some of the dumbest names of all time from that company, too. Oh, you know what I mean? So it's sort of like it's happened. And some guys were unfortunate enough to have to deal with whatever. I would give anything to see like the concept art, you know, like yeah. for the costumes that were drawn, you know, like yeah. the famous one is like Kane. Remember that? Like we see the old pictures yep. of Kane mm-hmm. and stuff. I would love to see the concept like, the art. McFrost and all that <laughs> shit. Like, it's like maybe be just like Glacier. I don't even know. Like what is oh it? Like a, a super ice. Uh, so you, you present 
So wait a minute. <laughs> like you tell Vince McMahon, I saw this serial killer. Exactly. He's very, very <laughs> deliberate in his yeah. words. And then this is what Vince gives you. It's typical, right? Oh, oh man. man. It's fucking hilarious. Well, eventually we get the Stone Cold moniker from the from his wife sharing a cup of tea. And she, yeah, she told him, story. don't let your tea get stone cold. Apparently, a light bulb went off in his head, right? Yeah. And that's a cool story. You it know, is. if it's true, I'm sure it is, right? Why would he yeah, bullshit? Right. Why, yeah, right. If uh, if that's the way it went down, it's so perfect. It fits mm -hmm. him. And um, yeah, that's the moniker we got. And I did ask and it's, you go ahead. real quick. It's yeah. funny, like when he changed the name, how he was like this kind of like stoic. Like, that's what I mean. Like a little bit jaded. Yeah, like yeah. calculating dude and like what he became mm -hmm. pretty quickly. You mm -hmm. know, it's interesting how he wanted to do this like very cold, calculated thing, and they ends up screaming all the yeah, time. Yeah. You know, it's just which weird. I could have gotten behind too. Like I like oh, the yeah. whole Richard Kuklinski yeah. Iceman type of delivery and all that. Mm -hmm. It's just it's you know, it feels odd looking at it now, but if that's all we knew. I think I would have still liked the guy. I don't know if it would have been mega star levels, but mm -hmm. I still would have liked the guy because this shit is still cool to me. I like. And he he had those like piercing, piercing blue eyes. eyes. Yeah. Like it was. I I always remember um, when he fights Brett, he comes out of the uh, the back and he takes a very deep breath, and his he just lets it out and like he's in. Just mm -hmm. he he's just in that fucking zone and like he was still kind of like that he wasn't quite that redneck yelling dude yet. yeah he wasn't but, as obnoxious yet yeah if you watch that match just watch when he comes out he takes this deep breath and he just gets in his zone it's mm -hmm. it's really interesting how he like just clicks well he if you do see some of those early promos when he first transitioned into that stone cold thing like dude talked about it's very very different than what we would get eventually as he found his voice more found his character more and he did find his voice and character as he emerged victorious at the king of the ring 96 which was huge he beat bob holly savio vega on tv followed by mark merrow and jake the snake roberts at the actual pay-per-view event it was the coronation ceremony happened stone cold cut the promo which the winners always got to do back then yeah, but Austin made the most of the coronation ceremony. The promo that somehow, some way, coined multiple like catchphrases mm -hmm. that he would have for the rest of his career. Like it's not yeah. just the Austin three sixteen. He also hits you with the the bottom line, and yep. that's the bottom line at the end of it. And uh, just to review real quick, so Jake the Snake, he he was invoking like Christianity into his persona, talking about mm -hmm. how he had his faith and helped him defeat all of his addictions and his opponents. He even had the snake that was revelations at that point. <laughs> it was it was interesting considering what Jake was before. But Austin locked into all this stuff, attacked it. Real quick, that was yeah. also all bullshit. Probably. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it absolutely was. Yeah, whether he was, he was still all fucked up. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that was all. Yeah. I think he's, he's. Yeah, you can never, I guess, trust what Jake says. He's at that point. At that I mean, point, that's a notorious bullshitter. Yeah, yeah, that's a notorious, notorious bullshit. Yeah, listen, right. I love Jake. Yeah, and you know, God bless him. He's clean mm -hmm. now. You know yeah, what I mean? 
He needs to get off those cigarettes, though, because he sounds like a goddamn <laughs> fucking... You hear his voice? Sounds like an ashtray. Grief. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, I just was mentioning it because, um, yeah, whether or not Jake was actually trying to walk, you know, a, a certain he line at that time. Full shit. It was, uh, it was attacked by Austin, but I want to bring up my one knock on Stone Cold, which is it's a little hypocritical if, if this story is true that Austin basically went in on Jake about like the religion and like all this stuff. And then eventually supposedly Austin wouldn't work with Jeff Jarrett because Jeff Jarrett was uh, saying that the three sixteen thing was sort of like mocking Christianity or whatever, mm. or it was like blasphemous. And Austin literally like threw a tantrum and said, I'm not working with him because he's messing with his money. But I guess like, mm -hmm. was he messing with I mean, Jake wasn't drawing any fucking money, I guess, at that time, really. But it's just interesting. Like when he was coming up, he was like quick to go at Jake and the attack the, you know, the Bible thing. And then he wouldn't work with Jarrett later on because of that. It's just just something I wanted to throw in there that I thought mm -hmm. was interesting. But getting back to the King of the Ring, the promo, I saw that live. I still wasn't sold on this dude. I'll be honest with you. The King of the Ring was not that good if you go back and watch no, it. Yeah. No, yeah. Event. Mm -hmm. Him and Mara was good, though. Him and Mara was good. But what did you guys think? Um, especially you, Duke, because you were watching the, you know, mm -hmm. in real time. But like, we'll find out. This wasn't necessarily the meteoric rise didn't happen right after this. But were mm -hmm. you were you thinking like, okay. This dude is now a made man or. Yeah, I mean, once again, not to sound like a fucking, you know, I'm beating a dead horse, but like I was always a fan of him. So okay. like when he, you know, when he did that, I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, like, let's go. Like, finally, this guy's, you know, going to get like a chance. So, again, I never saw him becoming this fucking megastar that he became. But I, I did always see something in him. Like, I always liked him, so I was, like, excited. Real mm. quick about that promo, though. Yeah. Did you guys ever notice that when he says, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass, Michael Hayes mouths it with him? Yes, I did notice that. And I want to like, ask you about that. Did yeah, you? like, do you think Michael Hayes, like, helped him with that promo? Because, like... As he's going through the promo, watch it again. Mm -hmm. The whole time, Michael Hayes does it. I think it's like twice when Austin's speaking, he will mouth words to him. Mm -hmm. And it's like he's almost like, you know, helping him get through his lines. Well, like, Austin think... might have tipped off that himself by accident because he always talks about how Michael Hayes pulled him aside backstage and said, hey, while you were out. Because Austin got his lip busted pretty bad in this game. Yeah. He had to go out, yeah. get, get fixed up. And apparently Michael Hayes pulled him aside and said, look, Jake cut a whole promo on you, like, you know, putting his religion into the promo and whatnot. Like, I'm just letting you know while you were gone, this, this was happening. So maybe when Doc was telling him about that or Michael Hayes, Doc Hendricks, maybe they worked on something together. Who the hell knows? Yeah, yeah. man. When you watch that promo, like, it really makes me think, like, he helped him with it. Because when he says that, Michael Hayes says you know he lips the words i just whipped your ass and then his face like he looks out to the crowd and mm. sells it like perfectly like an old time like wrestling announcer would you know so i wouldn't be shocked if like he had a hand in that watch it again if you guys are listening and you haven't watched it recently watch that promo again and watch michael hayes with like his lips it's interesting that's a great catch frank i'll ask you because you've seen that king of the ring in retrospect yeah. and you know what the king of the ring meant 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did say that it didn't immediately skyrocket him up, but the ability to elevate guys that the King of the Ring had, you know, it can't be denied back then. So mm-hmm. when you see that and when you see the promo, you're you're watching magic, right? Like you feel like you're watching magic. Yeah, I think I obviously like I said, I saw it in retrospect. And I agree with you, that King of the Ring to me is pretty brutal. I get that the Mark Merrow match is solid, but I was never a Mark Merrow guy. Mm-hmm. He just always felt like just like an athletic guy to me, you know? And it's like, yeah, every now and then the matches were solid to me, but I was never into him. But anyway, that promo and like the way revisionist history works, you know, you'd you'd like it have you believe that he was a star the next night and <laughs> you know, he won he was on to the title immediately, and it wasn't necessarily the case, but you know, you watch that and you, you, uh, I think that's the first time, well, outside of those ECW promos where you see a guy and go, man, maybe this guy is that dude that I've been saying didn't seem like that next level guy, you know? And, um, it felt so believable. Obviously the iconic lines we like, we talk about, it's just one of those classic moments in pro wrestling, you know, and, you know, change history, you know, really when we think about it and you go back and, um, yeah, it's very it's very cool to see him have that breakout moment. And like you mentioned, John, where like he says like him and Doc Hendricks like talked about this, you know, and yeah. he, he claims that he just went out there and just was Ad-libbed. off the top of the dome, you know. So it's like if that's all true and he didn't have these line one liners like lined up and ready to go, it's pretty amazing, you know. Oh, yeah. It shows, like it shows his ability, his natural ability too, which is you know, it's it's pretty it's cool to see. And also, yeah, real quick, um, we mentioned Triple H earlier. This is kind of one of those things, too. Like, Austin wasn't even supposed to win this. Mm-hmm. Triple H was supposed to win this, but he got in trouble for the whole, you know, click farewell thing. So once mm-hmm. again, man, like, the stars aligned, yeah. you know? It's interesting, but the stars aligned that night. But like Frank said, Austin was treading water after this mm-hmm. for a few months. He even was back on the pre-show for SummerSlam. The yeah. uh, so he he fought Yokozuna. That's when the rope snapped. Oh, all that yeah. stuff. Weird. And that's only uh, three months, four months later. So you're like, okay, revisionist history will tell us that the King of the Ring mm-hmm. catapulted Austin, and he never looked back. It's not how it went, but. We're always trying to, where I know I am, I'm always trying to crown moments now where you think like, oh, that moment's going to live in infamy. Or It's like, it's hard to create a moment and in real time realize it was that impactful. So mm-hmm. I won't like, you know, bash the King of the Ring thing. It's just, it's become more of a um, sort of like a legendary thing with time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, for, for sure. It's like a, you know, like a tall tale type thing. Right, right, but I, right. I do think though, like that when he did that, like maybe Vince kind of took notice, you know, hopefully like, you would think, you know what right? I mean? Like, Oh shit. Like, but yeah. like Frank said, he doesn't like, you know, Vince likes his homegrown talent, man. Yeah. 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 But that was, uh, like I said, he was treading water and then eventually, and Duke, you touched on this in depth in, um, in our episode where we discussed our all time favorite matches. It was in episode 28. Bret Hart and Steve Austin Survivor Series 96. This is a few months after the SummerSlam. Bret Hart handpicked Steve Austin to work with. And this feud, which would kind of define the Stone Cold character early on, um, 
it's amazing because like Brett didn't just do that with anybody. So mm-hmm. if you want to talk about it a little bit again, it was Bret Hart working, you know, overseas house shows, taking time off. He requested Austin. And then we had the anti-hero versus the wholesome hero thing, or at least we thought we would get that. And then it ended up getting all convoluted. But you you love that. Yeah. And he that ended, match. You both love I, those matches. Like you said, yeah. like how it defined Austin, it also kind of defined a, a new, you know, character for Bret Hart, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was it's funny because like I love and hate this feud because like Brett to me is like the ultimate good guy. And um, initially it was just that like Austin was calling him out on TV every week and, you know, calling him a coward and blah, blah, blah. And then Brett finally comes back and they have their match at Survivor Series and it's a fucking awesome match. One of my all time favorites. And, uh, you know, Brett's the good guy in the match, but slowly like fans are like starting to like turn on him and like, Mm -hmm. like this, like ass kickers, Mm -hmm. stone cold Steve Austin. And like, like I mentioned, I've always loved Austin, but then I was like, oh shit. Like Mm -hmm. they're like turning on Brett now. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I'm like, I have a love hate with it. Now it's all good. I'm a grown up. Like I see how how shit works. But uh, I remember being like kind of salty that like people were abandoning, you know, this Brett, fucking yeah. superhero Bret Hart. Well, we did cover that in our favorite matches where you had Austin versus Bret Hart Survivor Series 96. Yep. Frank had Austin versus Bret Hart WrestleMania 13, which would happen mm-hmm. a little bit later. But I mean, those... that says it all about that feud. Yeah. Right. And I wanted to say that that feud, um, not only did it encapsulate the Austin character early on, but it's iconic. It's legendary. And Frank between survivor series, 96 WrestleMania 13, even put the rumble in there. Rumble 97. If you Mm -hmm. remember at Mm -hmm. the end of it, they had a Mm -hmm. little bit of a thing. Um, But with all that, you know, and we talked about the pain and the blood loss in the WrestleMania 13 match. He never gave up passing out Mm -hmm. this feud made Austin. Right. I mean, like um, officially made Austin. Definitely. No doubt. And, you know, uh, it adds to me, I would like, you know, I always say it adds to Bret Hart's legacy is like the GOAT, arguably, um, just because he needed he needed a guy that could match him, you know, that felt believable and that could, you know, knew the business so well that he would make him look like a million dollars, even though Brett was going to come out on top overall. Right. Like in that feud. And um you know, you just look at those matches. I think that's uh the best. I said it in our like greatest matches episode or whatever it was. I said I think that's the best WWF match ever, the WrestleMania 13 one. Um, I think everything is perfect. I think like the 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 like the iconic images that came from it, the iconic quotes that came from it. I'm always saying put an S in front of Hitman, you got <laughs> just what I think of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love Brett and I still yeah. think that's like great. It's a great line. I think everything in the matches, like that Survivor Series match, if you say that's the better of the two, you have an argument. You know, right. I think WrestleMania 13 could be the best match ever. I think that's mm-hmm. an argument. I um, think the WrestleMania one's definitely more iconic. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So Depends like, what you're looking for that day. Mm-hmm. 13 yeah, yeah, is a exactly. nice but brawl. No, I, not, not better or worse, but I think it's for sure, like Frank mentioned, like mm-hmm. so much came out of that. Like yeah. 
that fucking blood from a stone, man. Like yeah, that's exactly. arguably the most iconic image mm-hmm. ever. You know, maybe Hogan and Andre facing off is up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just think that feud, I I thought they couldn't miss the ending of the rumble. Um I it's, love it, that. Dude. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's just all so cool. And obviously it led to it, it took him to, that's what took him to the next level, not just that King of the Ring promo, right? Mm-hmm, like right. that match is where it really was like, okay, this is this guy's an actual star now. And yeah, you could be like butthurt as a fan of Brett's, you know, and even Brett's argument was like, you're cheering for this fucking guy, you know what yep. I mean? Like it doesn't even make sense, you know. And it all worked for the time and the way society was feeling, you know, and it was just like a perfect storm of everything. And I, but I still feel like if, even if that's like the Sean angle or whatever, at that moment, it doesn't quite do the same thing. And even though they're both like legendary in their own ways, oh, you know? no, you know what I mean? You said it's just it though, like, Frank, you said that Brett really was going to come out on top in this feud mm-hmm. always. And he did yeah. win all the matches, but it's like, you wouldn't even know. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's so weird now. Like people get so bent out of shape, like with wins and losses, and oh my mm-hmm. god, this guy, Steve Austin, didn't even beat Bret Hart, but no. he was a made man mm-hmm. through this feud. It's called like it's storytelling, man. It's literally yeah. Bret Hart, the foresight he had. You got to give it up to him for the for that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, for picking sure. this guy and seeing that he could create this magic and all the stuff is fate or circumstance or whatever the, the blood from a stone the imagery you're talking about all those um those cool moments that were created in there and i don't think it would have happened if they didn't respect each other and they're always so complimentary of each yep. other which is super cool to hear i mean know? austin straight up says like without brett he's not where he is period mm-hmm. yeah like and i don't think you can argue that like like frank said how brett needed that like opponent you know because brett was like i think he was kind of like disenchanted with wrestling you Mm -hmm. know like he was contemplating retirement if you listen to you know what was going on back then like because you know he lost the belt he was off for a few months he just didn't seem like he had the passion for it anymore and then like i feel like this gave brett like that whole you know like i said a new character etc you know the heart foundation run so They were all in on Sean at that time. It's just yeah. that a couple months later, it was or earlier. It was Shawn Michaels Invader main eventing SummerSlam. So Brett was not even in the picture. <laughs> Brett gave himself something to do, and he he stole the damn show yep. w- with yep. Stone Cold. They feuded for months. Uh, Austin and, and Hart did, and they had you know even the Hart Foundation stable was sort of recreated with the with the Brett Bulldog Owen Pillman. Mm-hmm. So you had a, an anvil, you had a updated version of the heart foundation. And then we got to like a, a very dark period for stone cold because in that feud with Owen, part of the heart foundation, it led to the broken neck. And it's very out of character when you hear all this stuff about, Owen wasn't very remorseful. He wasn't yeah. reaching out it boggles your mind. And when I did some digging this week, I found out some very interesting stuff that I'll be dead honest with you. I never knew about you guys probably knew, but Duke, you probably, you probably definitely did. But real, real quick though. Did you, I saw this live, the broken neck Duke. Mm -hmm. Did you see it live? And Oh yeah. Were you confused as to why Owen did the pile driver like that? Or were you just like, "Eh." no, because like, I don't know. It's Owen Hart. Like, I don't feel like he's careless or anything. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard that Austin said straight up, I do not want you to do this to me. Mm-hmm. Did you hear this? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I almost like, I got it. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. You know, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, like Austin was worried about it. And I think sometimes when that happens, when it's in your head, too, yeah, exactly. like it's going to yeah. fucking you like manifest things like happen. This. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because Ellen was so technically sound, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think it was a fucking bad break. I think it was a stupid accident that could have been avoided. That move is absolutely dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. like if you don't have the guy you know, like Rikishi ended up doing that move and he never hurt anybody because he would hold the guy so far up on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah. like Owen's not this like huge dude to be doing that. I so. think also Rikishi just had like one arm locked. So let's just paint the picture really quick because yeah. I'm sorry to skip ahead, but it was SummerSlam yep. 97. Bret Hart or sorry, Owen Hart versus Steve Austin. Intercontinental title on the line. Part of the Hart Foundation feud from Brett, it went to Owen. Austin was uh, wrapped up in this feud, but Austin says that before their match, he clarified with Owen Hart for it to be a traditional knees first tombstone. Mm-hmm. Owen smiled and said, no, I'm going to drop on my ass. And he even repeated the sentence when Austin insisted, no, go knees first. And Austin was just convinced Owen was ribbing him. Like, I know how to do the move. Don't, yeah. don't try to tell me my, you know, my business. Mm-hmm. What I found out this week is so weird did you guys know that Austin broke Chono's neck a few years before with the exact move that Owen broke his neck with? I did not know that, actually. I feel like I did know that. I feel like that's why he was so reluctant to take it. So Austin broke Chono's neck. It was a G1 Climax thing in NJPW, mm-hmm. 92. And Austin, uh, he lost in that tournament. But it was a thing where... He was holding Chono upside down. Austin sat out with Chono landing on his head, breaking his neck, compressing the discs in his spine, all this stuff. The exact thing he did to Chono would eventually later break his own neck. And mm. it's almost so what I, like I just was wondering, like, was this like some weird ass payback from Owen? Like, was he like, hmm. it's just weird. Like, why yeah. of all the moves would the yeah, same yeah. fucking move break his neck? It was just a very bizarre yeah. thing. I would hope not. I would like to think that's not the case, you know, and it was just a legit accident because sometimes accidents happen. But it is strange, and I didn't know that beforehand, you know. So hmm. yeah, look that story up. And it's like weird. The thing that the the thing that makes that weird. Listen, like we're getting all conspiracy shitty here, but like the thing that makes it weird is how unapologetic Owen was about it, you know. Yeah. And even even Brett, you know, knew that Owen wasn't apologetic about it. So it's not like Austin just held some grudge and he, he didn't accept any apologies. It was like, no, everybody seemed to be, you know, on the same page that yeah, like Owen should have handled that better and he didn't. So it is weird if you want to be all conspiratorial about it. And yeah, it's like yeah. the revenge. No, but I don't know. I'd hope not, you know, because we all love Owen. So it's sort of like, I would hope he didn't do something shitty like that. Yeah, and I'm not trying to run him through the mud. It's just very strange. And I found nothing else weird uh, coincidence. Didn't Austin say he didn't even actually break his neck like it was something else? So it was, go ahead, Frank. No, I was going to say, I don't, I don't, I didn't hear that. But I like think my Austin... impression was watching him in the locker room and walking out of there and all that. Like, I was like, it doesn't look like a guy with a broken neck. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what a fucking broken neck feels like. 
but I've always had that impression, like, because you, you see the footage of him. He's sitting in the locker room, and he looks like, you know, obviously he's fucked up, but yeah. it was just like... He looked concussed. What? Yeah, exactly. Like, it didn't feel like... Because, you know, you see guys get stretched off now yeah. anymore for that type of thing. But it was also a different time when head injuries yeah. and all that weren't... And it was scary, we nonetheless. Yeah. Like, watching that live, I was like, holy shit, like, mm-hmm. this guy's fucking career's over. Like, yeah. he's on this, like meteoric rise because it it started man like it was going and like when that happened i was like holy shit like he's gone and to your point your point it wasn't a broken neck it was considered a bruised spinal column but it did cause the temporary paralysis and that's what's really yeah i think he even like i feel like he even said like um he was on commentary or something i think he even said like I don't even have a broken neck, like blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel mm, like he was like kind of like shooting. Yeah. Like for comments. Oh, because of day. Owen Hart's t-shirt. Yeah. Something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it was? Because Remember Owen Hart? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Owen 316 mm-hmm. says, I just broke your neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember something like. I don't remember fully, but. This also fascinating because we all hear the stories how Owen is like just such a great dude yeah, and universally universally loved yeah. you know it's the one thing that's a head scratcher if you guys yeah. remember though when all when owen unfortunately passed like they had the tribute show and austin came out at the end did the cheers yep mm-hmm. he still like showed him some love so yeah hopefully yeah. they you know they yeah i mean somehow things you know it. when someone fucking dies i think yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i would hope that people can you know kind of lose oh yeah grudge. of course but it was always very weird tension um, except for but... john madden who still denied the immaculate reception <laughs> to his to his dying day so with that said austin was out of action for months um he would show up hit the stunner on some guys officials but it, it was he was banged up if he didn't have a broken neck clearly the paralysis thing was scary enough to keep him away mm-hmm. but uh it did actually culminate in him attacking vince mcmahon for the first time this was at the at raw's first ever uh madison square garden appearance and he stunned vince and we all consider the worst <laughs> selling job or the best i, or the I best. actually yeah, no, i actually like that yeah i mean the, the way he takes the stunner is not great but the way he sells it is yeah fucking hilarious, he's just right? fucking dead like but the way he takes stuff. it is so legitimate it looks like he's really took whatever that move is intended to be right like your head smashing vince takes it that way so you could argue you know it just doesn't look as graceful but i mean you know i don't know if you guys our listeners know that we're bret hart fans but obviously bret took the stunner better than anyone (laughs) if you haven't seen him take the stunner watch how he fucking sells the stone cold stunner it is perfection it's like he's choking Yes, yeah, he stunned like him hurts, once yeah. when it was like um it wasn't a match. I remember he was like, I don't know, it was in like street clothes, and it is just unbelievable how he mm-hmm. sells it. Like no comedy, right? It looked yeah. like he legit hurt him, right? Yeah. Like he's choking. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, I had to mention the thing with Vince because that would come into play later. Um, I want to run through the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin is a ninety-seven, ninety-eight, and oh one Royal Rumble winner. Royal Rumble because King. Royal Rumble King, because we're not going to obviously dissect each one of those Royal Rumbles. But do you guys have a favorite, or do you prefer one of his wins over another, or one of those Rumbles more so than the other? Um, maybe a one because I think it's the best of the three Rumbles. But 
the finish in 97 maybe is the coolest, you know, like maybe storyline purposes. Mm-hmm. But but I think those those first two that he won are like awful rumbles. Like mm-hmm. right. overall. Like that's Especially like 98. Yeah, 90 yeah, really like, bad. They're like brutal rumbles, but I so do like love one overall. In 97, when he's like cleaning house, like and he's looking mm-hmm. at his watch and yeah, then he yeah. hears Brett's music. Yeah, that's all like time that classic. reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah, yeah. that moment. Like that's an all time moment that I love. But yeah, 98 is absolutely <laughs> brutal. I do remember one funny ass thing, though. Do you guys remember how he eliminates Mark Merrow? Mm, I don't off the top. He just punches him. He punches him like two or three times, and J- Mero just jumps out of the ring. <laughs> it is, it's hilarious. You guys That's gotta great. look it up just because it's fucking yeah. stupid. Is this um boxing shorts Mero at this time? Yes. No, yeah. it is. Yeah, 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 it is. So, yep. yeah. he okay. just punches the shit out of him. Yeah, because that's one I've him. avoided. I, I've done a rewatch of the Rumbles within the last yeah. ten, 10 years where I was like trying to rank them all. And I remember 98 is so it's garbage. bad. It's so yeah. bad. It's but not I, trash. Like you knew, you know, you knew who was going to win. Like, right, there was right. no, like there was no doubt who was winning. But um, yeah, I mean, out of the three, I'd go 2001 for sure. Yeah, is that the, when he eliminates Kane at the end? Yeah, and I wanted to mention yeah. the chair shots with Kane. It's yeah. a cool mm-hmm. touch they put on that. Yeah. Kane's a badass in the end yeah. there. You actually believed he might do yeah. it. But uh, I had to mention the fact that he's a three-time Royal Rumble winner. And want to get back in real quick to the to the timeline. Real quick, he the fact that he feuded with The Rock and all these little moments is going to be impossible to cover here. But the early years of their feud, which we did talk about recently with the uh, – the, the DX pay-per-view we covered mm-hmm. um, just the stuff early on. Do you always bring up the pager with the three sixteen? Oh, love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. And the throwing the IC belt in the river, mm-hmm. the kind of stuff with the rock where they were not quite main event level, but you could see the writing on the wall that these are the guys to carry this company. Uh, honestly, that's called, like the chemistry was undeniable from the moment they touched or the moment they traded words. It's only mm-hmm. a few times you get that in wrestling where it's like instant, you know, chemistry, instant magic. But we did cover a little bit of that recently on our, on our one episode with the DX review, but just to kind of go into that rock feud early on, or even if you want to carry it on to their main event level feud, what about these two guys? Do you think it was, is it just the fact that uh, like magic happened or do you think there's a mm-hmm. reason? Is there like an actual like pinpoint reason you can put? That's like- that's what I was going to say to you. I was like, I think it's, you know, lightning in a bottle, you know, and sometimes that's just the way things work out. And we were lucky enough to be there for that one. You know, um, that was like my peak wrestling enjoyment. You know, like I love both of those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But Austin was always like, my favorite favorite and i don't know man it was just that was like the first wrestlemania that i really genuinely genuinely cared about was 15 so that was like their first big uh, matchup um i just think got both guys hitting on all cylinders at the same time you know like it's just it was just a perfect storm of everything and like we say that a lot with these guys like in the moments of like that elevate them but that feud because when you look at where they both were two years prior you know, it, it's it's like it's shocking that they're like, oh, these it doesn't get any bigger than that. And I think it holds the test time because like I still watch those promos and I still watch those matches. And um, 
yeah, like I don't I don't think there was any one thing. Even Austin talks like they weren't necessarily friends, you know, mm-hmm. like they were they were cool, they were, you know, friendly with each other, but like they weren't buddies, they didn't travel together. There wasn't this, you know, um common like connection. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't but yeah, and there wasn't even like this like um connection that they had like before or like to make you know some guys will be like buddies and they travel the road forever mm-hmm. so and they have matches they could just do everything naturally it's like they didn't have any of that so for it to come out as authentic and it just shows how good both dudes were um yeah i just think i just think it's like we were lucky we they got two guys two top guys at the right time like and often in the fight business you know you don't get to see the the top two guys always kind of like avoid each other. And we just happened to see them hit those tippy top points at the same exact moment. And it all worked. Sure did. It really did. Duke, do you have anything that you wanted to, to mention just about that overall feud and the magic? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think you can definitely make a case for that being the best feud in the history of pro wrestling. I don't think there were ever two bigger stars that had as long as a feud that was as captivating as it was, you know, like I'm not a big fan of the WrestleMania 15 match, but that WrestleMania 17 match, I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. That's notoriously known as like one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time, like top to Mm -hmm. bottom. And I love that match. Like, yeah, that, that finish, like was awesome. Like you didn't see that coming. Yeah, Yeah. And like, but like the promos leading up to it, he said, I have to beat you rock. Like, mm-hmm. like, and the obviously production value top notch, mm-hmm. like the videos, you know, with like the best the Limp video Biscuit package. Song. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Right. Was it Limp Biscuit? Yeah. Limp Biscuit. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and then like 19, not huge on that match, which ended up being Stone Cold's final match. Yeah. Until to recently. <laughs> yeah. To that point, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah man, I, we can th- talk about that feud all day. I think, like you said, they weren't friends, but I think there was like this one-upsmanship and not in a bad way, just right, like yeah. I think they brought out the best in each other. Yeah, who's top guy, right? Who's the yep. top guy? Yeah, you mm-hmm. know? yeah, sometimes that's what you get. And once again, that chip, you know, because like I know that, you know, you don't want to lose your spot at the top. And like mm-hmm. when Austin heard those people chanting Rockies, like, oh, shit. Yeah, this kid's coming from my from my spot, you know, and like I think that, you know, professional jealousy or whatever that one upsmanship definitely fueled that into being one of the greatest feuds of all time, and in my opinion, at WrestleMania 17, one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. Competitive rivalry for sure, we'll call it, and I think eventually like a mutual respect. But I think it's all it's really cool to see how serious guys took it back then. And girls, but like those guys, those top guys that didn't want to like lose their spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's in the NBA now. Everybody's friends, you know, and I get it. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's fine. But like football games are, you know, hugging and trading jerseys after the games. It's, you know, I guess that's great. But in wrestling, like those competitive rivalries created the best on-screen feuds. I mean, yep, there's just yeah. no denying it. That's why we want to see CM Punk fight Kenny Omega, right? Like, mm-hmm. we want mm-hmm. that on our TV yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of that real-life stuff. But I do think something real quick to be said about The Rock being so stylish, the million-dollar shirts, you know, the, the the expensive watches, and then this 
fucking redneck coming in, <laughs> you know, that beer. Con- drinking beer, the contrast of those guys, man, like you can't deny that. No, for sure. That, that little, uh, that mix there. It was amazing. 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 And when you go back and watch it now, it's even more amazing. Cause they were just like coming in around the same time that the WWF, it was very linear. And then like, they kind of rose up at the same time almost. And they almost went out at the same time too. So it's yeah. very, very weird. But I want to get into the fact that the Mike Tyson, the big box office thing, how this all kind of propelled Austin into like the mainstream on the cover of everything on every TV show uh, or, you know, the talk show, the TV guy, which was the thing when we were younger, all that stuff. But the Tyson's uh, influence with the build towards the WrestleMania 14 match with Shawn Michaels, I just wanted to touch on it because it did propel Austin for him to mix it up with the baddest man on the planet. We still quote that, <laughs> like that feud or that little um, overlap that they had in there because it was hilarious. It gave when us Austin some... wins the Rumble. Yeah, it gave us Cold some... Stone. Cold Stone. <laughs> it gave us some moments, but it eventually led to HBK passing the torch to Austin at WrestleMania 14. He didn't and... pass shit. Reluctantly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, reluctantly, he didn't man. pass shit. I mean, his back gave out, he had to pass it. Nah, he would have still right. been on top right now, uh, yeah. No, but dude, he dude, is you... on top, he's running NXT now. <laughs> the rest of the click, I don't know, man. That's but you did mention it earlier. I was riding with HBK back then, I wasn't ready to see him go. But Frank, you were watching live by then, right. With ish. HBK, yeah, ish. You know, I was still so that was Mania still... fourteen. Would yeah, you have yeah, been yeah. watching was, that? Yeah, yeah, I was watching, but I didn't. It wasn't quite, you know, to I me mean? like must see TV for me. I was still a WCW guy. You know, you weren't was... asking Mom Dukes to pay. 50 yeah, 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 yeah. I was. I wasn't so <laughs> pressed about it, you know. But uh, but the next Mania, I would definitely. I was all, you know, I was all over at that point. But yeah, so like I was in. I was aware. I, you know, I've always been a boxing guy. So anytime there's Mike Tyson involved. I care a little bit more. Um, I still hated Stone Cold, you know, like in my actual life, like at this point, you know, <laughs> but uh, but like it was going, it was going to change shortly after this. So like, really? So wait, so you were pro Stone Cold, like, because the Savio Vega feud, you were like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm out. but then you yeah, were but like, I, I, I just wasn't like watching him as often, you know what okay. I mean? So I still, my impression of him was still like, I don't like him. I hated Shawn Michaels. <laughs> already but like i just was so like inherently i didn't i wanted him to lose but i i wasn't like all in on austin just okay. yet well it wouldn't take long uh dude what what did you think because i know i was like a few months after i met you but i, I was like sean's done he's never coming back so i was extra extra sad <laughs> because austin's the guy that beat him and i also hated the fast count tyson put on him mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like, it was good. it, it kind of ruined the moment a little bit yeah um but this was a dawning of a new era. You remember it. Yeah. Um, I, I get it because like, it's how I felt with Brett, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't want, you know, you don't want your guys to go away. Yeah. You know? And like, I felt like Austin was like taking his spot, not only taking his spot at the top, but like taking like the good guy, Brett Hart away from me, the guy that yeah, like yeah. I looked up to as a kid, you know, and like, so I was salty about that. So I get how you felt with Sean, you know? Yeah. Um, And I remember like the next night on Raw, obviously, um, 
you know, being presented with the belt and all that. Yeah. But like um, Austin, unfortunately, he didn't have a lot of dance partners at this time. Oh, no, he so, did like, not. Yeah. His first title ring was kind of like whack. Yeah. I wanted but, to get into that actually yeah. in a second. But it's weird how back then the day after Mania or in transitioning to a new champion, it literally felt like the dawning of a new mm-hmm. era in wrestling. Now you can mix it all up. It's all feels the same. So um, I just, I just think it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, from remember, HBK. I mean, as recently as a couple years ago, Oh, the raw after mania, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is where we reset and we start, you know, like, but like a new the, year. Yeah. Yep, the not anymore. Not anymore. Next night, Vince brought him out, but I wanted to get into the Vince thing because he was out on TV as the owner and Mm -hmm. he was telling Stone Cold he could do things easy way or the hard way. Mm. Austin was very anti-establishment and the feud with Vince. And eventually Austin would have this feud with Ric Flair briefly, who was like sort of a GM type of thing. And eventually Bischoff, the Austin versus authority thing. They went back to that a lot, but for the Vince thing, it was also magic, not just the rock and, oh, yeah. and Austin, but it was Vince and Austin. Like it without Vince, without the Vince Austin feud, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure we get the buy rates and the money, you know? It's true. And like we Duke mentioned it and I co-signed that like I think Austin and the Rock is the greatest feud of all <laughs> time, but like Austin and Vince is up there you mm-hmm. know and we don't and as, as a non-wrestler to be in such a legendary feud like that you know um it says a lot about like how impactful that whole time was i mean that was forever right like austin and up until wrestlemania 17 i guess you know like they mm-hmm. that was that was the feud but you know it's legendary stuff and i think it's you know every we've everybody said it a million times it's just like the relatability everybody wanting to knock their bosses block off every now and <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all these things, but then but you got to give credit to Vince because watching that old stuff and Vince would sell everything so funny and yeah or really great sometimes, you know, like as a non you know on t- on TV like personality mm-hmm. really for him to just do it all and come off so good and believable as like a coward or like a cocky asshole, whatever the whatever Vince was doing at that time, they just it worked really well. And it, it's it's crazy. You gotta give Vince a lot of credit for that run as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think of all like the classic moments that you mm-hmm. got out of those two, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I got the bang, the bang 316. Oh, yep. that was I used to love when I was a kid. I was like, it's amazing. He pulled a gun on him. Mm-hmm. This was peeing himself. I mm-hmm. love that. I thought that was the craziest shit. Vince just pissed his pants. The yeah. cement in his car. Yeah, oh, which cool. The I don't like truck. all those gimmick stuff. Beer yeah, like Austin's the beer only bath. one that gets a pass for all of that stuff. Like a he's the guy truck, for that. Bath. Yeah, it's like I don't care when other people, even when Kurt Angle did the milk truck. Yeah, right. I never uh, was into a Brock recently. Dude, how many Roman, times have they know? tried? I think yeah. they even had my boy Ambrose come down at something at one point yeah, when he was exactly. like, they keep trying to do that. Austin, but Austin, the I'm there for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Well, for also it. it was original then. So, yeah, yeah. You true. know, like seeing it recycled. Like you can recycle mm-hmm. stuff in in wrestling, but like, I don't know. Do you, yeah. Do you do you remember when uh, Austin? drove the zamboni or whatever it was out and the titantron yeah. kind of came up a little bit with yeah, him like yeah. i thought that shit was yeah, going down and he sure. smashed into the ring was that yeah, in the smashed, zamboni yeah yeah smashed into the yeah. ring mm-hmm. the hospital bed skit 
which I is love that amazing. That shit is yeah, hilarious amazing. to me. It's just because like Vince is like his acting there, like, and that's <laughs> oh, when we it's get, so good. Isn't that when we got Mr. Sako too? And that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That is now it's now famous Yerple. for the birth. Yeah. <laughs> It's and then, famous for the birth of uh, Mr. Sacco. Yeah, the nurse but, is talking to Austin or to the doctor, mm-hmm. and Austin's like, "Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse." Oh, yeah, I'll take it from here. Nurse. Shit out of <laughs> so like, stupid. there's just so much funny, yeah, yeah stupid yeah. shit. You know, yeah, like yeah, that's enjoyable. Sure. Dude, Vince's acting is so good though, and that stuff. Yep. Uh, not good, but so campy. But yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Like over good the top, what you yeah. needed it to be. Yeah. I wanted to ask real quick before we get move on into the, some of this other stuff uh, that kind of winds him down, but the Vince character, the coming out as a heel, like perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Do you think if we would have known Vince, the evil owner three years earlier, and he feuded with fill in the mm-hmm. blank, Sid vicious, no. Sid justice, yeah, yeah, yeah. we could have mm-hmm. had the same magic no. that Austin created with him or no, it's no, because you needed you needed the people to be invested in that feud, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're never going to have a payoff like that's like a great match with Austin and Vince. You know, we're never mm-hmm. going to have like these type of things. So you needed, like you said, you mentioned Sid, like or like Warrior or fill in the yeah, blanks, yeah. Macho yeah. Man. But like none of them were ever. Those were superhero characters, you know, that weren't relatable in any way other than like we we just like to watch them. Where like Austin was like it felt like somebody's redneck neighbor you know what mm-hmm. i mean and it felt like a guy you could actually bump into at a bar that maybe you wouldn't want to piss off or and it had all these things that connected the fans to austin mm. and then vince played up that asshole boss asshole millionaire billionaire whatever he was at the time character so well that you you needed you needed that blend again perfect storm situation like we mm-hmm. needed all of that and the fans had to believe it and if it's fucking Sid or even Shawn Michaels or any of these guys it's just like you don't you're not having that same relationship the fans aren't having that same relationship mm-hmm. with the person and the evil boss you know so like you needed both that combo you needed yeah. both do you agree Duke? also well we saw an actual moment where he was a piece of shit evil boss yeah the exactly. montreal screw job exactly. you know like right. yep. oh, true. like once again authenticity mm-hmm. you're like oh shit like he just really fucking screwed Bret yeah. Hart. Mm-hmm. right so now on on tv we all just saw this guy screw over one of his guys and stone cold uses that in his promos you're not going to screw me like you screwed mm-hmm. this other guy you know so like no i don't think it would have worked because once again like this was laid out in front of us it was like yeah. a, an organic thing yeah oh, a very uh very very organic but well, my speak- boy said would have made it work <laughs> <laughs> but you brought up mr Sacco, and speaking of foley this was the guy chosen by vince to take on new champion austin and i hated this feud i hated yep. everything about Me it too. it was very um lackluster after we had this big coronation for stone yeah. cold i didn't like these matches or the feud i don't think they no had a lot of good chemistry. no chemistry yeah. no whatsoever and, and like it's not like because i love both guys you know i think both guys have had really good feuds with other people but mm-hmm. together it was just oil and water it just yeah. didn't work well i don't want to you know be negative but stone cold steve austin doesn't have a lot of great matches in his wwf run like he's a great character but mm-hmm. without bret hart mm-hmm. without the rock mm-hmm. 
There's not a lot because even his stuff that we'll get to with Undertaker, very disappointing in ring matches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, the Kane moment was cool, but like they didn't have a long. I team. think Austin was more about moments. Yeah. Yeah. That's matches. fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to bring that up, but let's talk about Kane and Taker really quick because they were part of the the rivalry with McMahon. So I wanted to mention it because Vince kind of hired these assassins at one point. We all <laughs> we all remember the crucifixion and Austin being crucified, the Kane first blood match. Um I feel like once again, like the chemistry wasn't there, but the feuds were cool as shit. The buildups mm-hmm. was cool as shit. Uh the highway to hell, the SummerSlam highway to hell. When Kane won the title at the Hell in the Cell, uh King of the Ring blew my mind. Yeah. Sh- shocked me. Lost it a day later, but you're right. It was moments, and he was creating moments along the way. And we did talk about a lot of the stuff with The Rock, but I had to bring up the stuff at WrestleMania 17 again because Austin did try his hand at turning heel. He regrets it. He says he should have called an audible and stunned Vince at the end of the of the match. And who knows? I don't know. We wouldn't have got a lot of the comedy gold, but yeah, yeah. They got all messy from here with the with the uh like the invasion. Mm-hmm. We had the WCW thing come in, and it was just like I feel like the stuff with him turning heel, I always enjoyed, but fans yeah. seem to hate that stuff. Yep. Do you guys hate that? I hated it then. I mm. did, you know, because I was so all in on Austin. Dude, I hated that I think that's why, like, I know everybody ranks that WrestleMania 17 as, like, maybe the best of their three WrestleMania main events. But, like, for me, I always – it left me such a uh, – with such a sour taste in my mouth when, like, mm-hmm. when it ended. Because, you know, I was in full-on Mark mode. Mm-hmm. So it's for like when that, Yeah, so when that mm-hmm. happens, I'm just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, it just was so – it felt like left field. I don't know. Did you guys feel like any, like, thing like that was coming? I watched it at it, that time. I, I watched it at Dukes. I remember specifically, I was all about it because yeah. I just wanted to see something different, probably. Yeah, I was yeah, a little yeah. stale on Austin mm-hmm. and also something you never thought you'd see before. So, do yeah. you remember? We, we, we did watch that together. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, like you said, it was just like stale. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like we were yeah. ready for like, um, I don't know, something new. And I think, I mean, did it come out of nowhere? I mean, Yes. Yes, but like the promos leading up to it, like he's I remember there was a sit down interview with those guys. Yeah. And Austin says, I have to beat you. Mm-hmm. Like I have to beat you. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it made sense to me. Like Yeah, like in retrospect, did I did whatever to like love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, like you said, like a lot of people didn't like what followed. Like, but I know that you and I, John, we laughed our asses off at austin mm-hmm. like with all the songs and like hugging vince oh my god well he's fucking over the top nonsense and yeah. he ended up having some bangers with these dudes yep. like we thought austin was no longer like the technician that he was he was just mm-hmm. like this brawler but he ended up like you know wrestling these guys like benoit and ben jericho Wah, yeah, and, yeah like, benoit. having like really good like sound wrestling matches, which was refreshing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to mention the fact that, you know, Austin had that run in the Alliance stuff got weird after WWF purchased WCW and Austin definitely like flipped his character upside down. He Mm -hmm. sort of went insane at one point. He would talk to himself. He'd be all paranoid. (laughs) 
who Vince liked more, him or Kurt. It Kurt, was yeah. it was very entertaining. And I actually at that point like prefer preferred that Austin over all of them. But like now yeah. like in retrospect, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. like the ass kicker. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? But but yeah. like like we mentioned, I think it was just like we were over it. You know, it was like remember when everybody wanted Cena to turn heel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just because we just wanted something different, different, yeah. you know, like, and that's what we got with that Austin. I was not over it though, for the record. I yeah. <laughs> could have, I could have kept going with Austin. So, you know, it's funny, you know, but like, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, you know, and maybe it's just I was still in that. I, I didn't need so you much change ready from for Austin. Change. Yeah, 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 I was just uh, and it, it kind of it took me, it threw me for a loop versus being like, oh, cool, a different direction for him. I was like, what? I, you know, yeah. it hurt, it hurt him for a little bit, but like you guys said, it got super funny. And uh, mm-hmm. I love that Kurt Angle and Austin stuff. Like mm-hmm. now, you know, so, maybe dude, then I was a little hilarious. Annoying. Yeah. And I feel like the Jericho and Benoit stuff that you touched on Duke, it really revitalized Austin's work rate stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. It gave you some more and, and Kurt, I want to throw Kurt in there. Too. Oh yeah. Uh, the stuff with Kurt was fantastic. So between Austin and Benoit, Austin and Jericho, Kurt in there, there was one guy that almost worked with Austin that did not get a chance. And that's Eddie Guerrero. Mm. And I wanted to just bring up real quick, because Austin requested they do a program together. And uh, Eddie G was unfortunately, I think he was going through some struggles at the time. He got fired or released and it didn't, it never added up. It just, it's cool to dream match, you know, what could have been with that one. Uh, So when, when was that? What was Austin doing at that time as a, as a heel? So, this was actually a little bit later. He was because uh, okay. Austin had suffered to some neck, another neck injury. Okay. He had the two man power trip with Hunter. Yeah. Um. So after he was done as a heel, he went back to babyface. And do you remember they had this little karaoke bar skit mm-hmm. where Eddie G and Austin were at this bar, and mm-hmm. um, you thought they were gonna feud, and it's mm-hmm. just I wanted to mention it because it's like damn. And what Eddie Eddie ended up leaving for a while or something. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. It's just funny because you got Benoit, you got Jericho. He almost fought yeah. the the trilogy of, of yep. work, workhorses there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before we get into some of the other stuff that uh kind of sent Austin packing, I wanted to real quick bring up like just his part in no Monday Night Wars, because I just mentioned WWF absorbed WCW. The Monday Night Wars, it was magic. We we don't have to go into the details, but like without him. And that must see vibe that he gave mm-hmm. the flipping back. Like for people that flipped back and forth to channels, like when Austin was on, you stopped, you stopped mm-hmm. everything. All those moments you mentioned, um, man, like I just, I was starting to watch it this, this past two weeks, like, you know, some of the Monday night war stuff and the, the moments on raw, you'll never have that again. Like, it's mm-hmm. just crazy how, yeah huge it was on both channels but like the numbers they were drawing and... yeah nuts incredible numbers like it's in it's fucking insane and like wrestling's not really in a bad spot right now either no. like i feel like it's kind of cool to like wrestling again you know right. like you talk to people like or you know i might talk to you guys and like people over here and be like oh yeah i saw that you know like I saw a dude walking around with like a Kenny Omega shirt on. You know what I mean? I feel like Mm -hmm. it's kind of more like 
yeah mainstream now mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. we'll never be like that again i you you hate to say never because like we've seen things you mm-hmm. know we never thought rick flair would be you know he hasn't been surpassed but cena tied him oh, yeah, you know yeah, but yeah, like yeah it's just crazy like those numbers were just it's it's i can't even fathom that like no when you combine both shows we're pulling in fours and fives and sometimes right. seven eight nines you're talking about 10 15 million people on a monday watching yeah. pro wrestling yeah, while crazy. monday night football was on while yeah, crazy, monday night crazy football. to think yeah and austin being right smack in the middle of it you couldn't really turn around without no and somewhere and you know honestly like the wwf might be out of business without him like straight yeah. up mm. like i think they are yeah i think they are he at, uh, is you know. the reason not fucking dx no, not no. Shawn michaels not, not even the rock bro not bret hart my all-time yeah. favorite it's stone cold steve austin is the reason that they won that monday night war unbelievable and they and can again do no- other dudes, right? Like DX, yeah, 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 for sure was a big part. But like Stone Cold Steve Austin's the reason they won the Monday Night Wars. Mm-hmm. I agree. No, but they could do no wrong, man. They put Austin in there with anyone, and it was magic. Even the the like Briscoe and Patterson. That, that segment drew like the highest ratings <laughs> up to that point. Ben Austin versus old ass, you know, uh, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. Yeah. Yep. You could do no wrong, but and credit to those guys too, right? For having a sense of humor and just being able to be mm-hmm. because those are legends in yeah. their own right, you know. And it's like, especially the Briscoes when you, they were known as like hard men, you know. Yes, and sir. it's just like to be a goofball in there with Stone Cold just humiliating you, you know. Like yeah. before we like when we reviewed that Triple H and Slaughter match, like, that was like a fucking long match with Slaughter, mm-hmm. you know, not acting like a jabroni for anybody, right, you right. Know? And then you have Briscoe and Pat Patterson, two Hall of Famers. You know, yep. just flailing just around for humiliated. all humiliated. Yeah, you know, wearing so. dresses and shit. Yeah, yeah, all types of shit. Yeah, but it so. was magic, man, and it was, um, it was lightning in a bottle, all that stuff, and it it had to come to an end eventually, as all good things do. With Austin, he was uh, winding down. He had already talked about, um, like not st- overstaying his welcome in some interviews mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there was an issue that's been documented. Stunned to death the fact that he wanted he was supposed to lose to Brock Lesnar on a random raw where he was least yeah. asked asked to lose. He didn't think it made any sense. He had no problem losing to Brock, but he didn't want to do it on a random TV show. Mm-hmm. Wanted to make people pay money for it and build to it. He walked out. They say, you know, he took his ball and went home, quote unquote. He didn't come back for eight months. Mm-hmm. WWE buried him on TV, believe it yeah. or not. Even if Stone Cold wasn't immune to bitterness and the yep. rock buried him the following week mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh what do you call it petty shit you know they still do it now mm-hmm. in some companies mm-hmm. uh so austin you wouldn't think that it would ever come to that but yeah he was ready to pack it up and 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 go forever he eventually um i think it was something where bischoff fired austin on tv for not being medically fit to compete or whatever it was. But bottom line, it got all messy towards that final match with the rock at WrestleMania 19. And Austin has explained, like he's had, he had a heart scare the night before he wasn't even going to fight. 
it was actually like an anxiety thing or dehydration, but he was completely burnt out, completely overwhelmed. And he went into to the WrestleMania 19 match with the rock, knowing that that was his last one. And he didn't tell anybody. Hmm. Yeah. And we didn't even really get a send off. We didn't hear no. about it the next night. It was just like, maybe he's done. Internet wasn't as prevalent. So I didn't even know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you may have been more, you know, aware of that, Mm-mm. you know, but like, I didn't even know like going into that match, like, Oh, this is it. You know, obviously no. we knew his knees were fucked and all this type of stuff, but like watching that match, I just thought, Oh man, the rock finally, you know, got his, you know, cause I yeah. wanted, I, I remember even cheering for the rock that, um, WrestleMania just Me to too. get one, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, just yeah. to get one. But, uh, he wore the I was not, I was not. Yeah, I had no. I, had I like no that idea. rock. That was Hollywood me too. Rock. I liked Hollywood Rock, but I was always more of an Austin fan. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah but it is crazy. it is it is weird how um the greatest of the great didn't get the send off. You mm-hmm. know the uh like I guess the the whole presentation, and he didn't want that. True to his it's, character, it's rare though, man. It's rare that guys do get that. That's why I'm so fucking annoyed at Ric Flair that he had this great send off. Oh, yeah, shits on it, you know. Like, yeah, Sean, Sean had a great send off and then he fucking wrestled again. Bald, yeah, it looked Dude, terrible, 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 in wor- terrible. In the worst match of all time. Arguably. Yeah, like, <laughs> awful, you know, brutal. It was the at guys least... in it, especially, you know what I mean? Like, especially considering the guys in yep. it. That that match is a fucking mockery, man. You know, I've never watched it. You never, you should honestly, you never should. Not even for like, you know how like, oh, it's it's so bad. You should. It's so bad. You need yeah, yeah, so bad. It is embarrassing. And I heard that, and I saw like you know a clip or a a photograph, and I'm like, there's no way I want to see Sean like no. And and I heard somebody got hurt early in the match, but yeah, no, whatever. Um, with Austin though, what's crazy is. If nothing else, he got to close it up with The Rock, his mm-hmm. ultimate rival. He got the trilogy in there. Very like poetic there. Also, it's just wild to think that it's 2003. I mean, 97-ish, we'll say he really became a super-duper star. Like So barely yeah. a five-year run. Yeah. Maybe five and a half, six run. Like, yeah, it's a good amount of time on top. Like, it's a pretty damn yeah. good amount. But it's a shame, you know, because really nowadays we get guys that are like 12 or 15 years in and we're like, I wish you didn't get five years on my screen, but like dudes are there forever nowadays, you know? I mean, as far as the Brock thing goes, like, I don't blame them for that. Like, I understand like passing a torch and shit like that, but to just lose like randomly to like, fuck that. Like good for him. Like mm-hmm. I said, when Punk left the WWF, if you're yeah. not feeling it, fucking good for you, dude. Yeah. Good for you for actually having the balls to tell them to fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. And listen, he's stone cold fucking Steve Austin. Exactly. Right? He's, not, right. he's not some guy who hadn't done shit or maybe thought he was bigger than he is. You know, like when like when like MGF was having like his beef or whatever with the company and he just wanted more money. And like, then he's not showing up for the Wardlow match or like this, what we feared, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of was like unacceptable to me, but he's not fucking Austin level. He didn't main event three WrestleManias and all this, yep. you know what I mean? Or however many members meant four WrestleManias. Right. Um, 
You know, so like I think Austin had a right to be like, no, listen, we're not just going to do this. You're not going to jabroni me on TV. You know what I mean? But like I get Brock was doing that to everybody at the time. He did the Hogan. Remember, he, he did it to Hogan, Hogan and yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, you know, and it was just arguably like, two but, fucking mm-hmm. biggest world champions. But at least those guys were old men, right? Like, yeah, exactly. At least, and like Austin's, you know, as far as we were concerned, he, he could still be the guy. You yeah. Know? What he was, was he? Still, what year was this? 2003. Yeah. So he's like 38 at the time, mm-hmm. roughly yeah, something you know? like that. 39, like my age. Yeah. Shit. Like Re- he's still retiring. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, wild, so like, man. I get yeah, it. It's just crazy to think that. Um, I guess it's just weird to me to think that even like they would bury even Austin on TV, though, you know, and like kind of like low blow Austin, and yeah, no one's uh, immune to that shit. It's and I didn't like that rock shit either. You know, like I, I, I understood, I understand business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, especially pro wrestling business, where like the shits will work, right? So it's sort of like stop taking it so serious. But like, you know, there's no fucking chance. I know the Rock ended up being the guy that passed the torch to Brock. You know, but mm-hmm. like that was a SummerSlam in the main event. You know what I mean? And it's sort of like you. It's not the same. I have you ever seen the Rock get his ass kicked by some up and coming guy on? you know smackdown it's like no mm-hmm. it doesn't happen you know what yep. i mean and i'm sure the rock mm-hmm. wouldn't be fucking thrilled about it either you know even if he oh, the rock wouldn't just, even yeah. um agree to a few with billy gunn i remember he yeah, was like yeah you know what I mean? i'm not yeah. interested so it's like <laughs> you know brock um turned out obviously you know and now he's a fucking hall of famer and all that in his own right but like you don't know that at the time you know what if this what if this guy is just uh who was that nxt doofus that was all jacked up remember like the early days of nxt he was in punk's little group. mason ryan yeah mason oh, what if he's yeah. the next mason ryan and you just had stone Cold Steve chris Austin jericho lost to fandango yeah wrestlemania mm. yeah and it's How'd like come on out? yeah you know like you right. just don't know sometimes being overly generous to somebody who still has proven his worth you know and is, it would have been money like if you yeah. built for brock versus yeah, austin yeah. build it up yeah. um you know we're all into it so i i i'm with you guys i think it was the right call well what so after he was gone uh he i don't even want to get into the stuff like as uh gm and all that because for me you know it's yeah. not the steve austin that i go back no. and want to watch yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah. maybe there are super fans that love that stuff and i pray you know more power to you but his legacy for me uh it runs like through the whole um gamut of just like his hard work like mm-hmm. the legacy for him is like just don't give up on yeah. i guess like just stay determined man because he believed in himself right like he believed yeah, that on yourself real. bet yeah. on yourself you know, and he eventually came into his own as a badass. Um, what do you guys think is Austin's legacy? Man, to me, um, I think he is, you know, probably like the greatest superstar of all time and using like WWE terminology, you know, mm-hmm. greatest superstar of all time. I think it's very rare that you see a guy that can touch the fans like, in the way that stone cold did, you know, very few dudes, like we have super mega popular guys, you know, but where he's like universally loved by everybody to this day, I can't think of a louder pop I've ever heard in real life than at a, and it was, I was at a house show, mm. you know, a WWE house show. And I never forgot Austin's music hit and my ears, it was just something <laughs> I never experienced before. Cause my ears were ringing. The pop was so crazy. And I was mm-hmm. up at the top too, with my mom, you know, and like, 
immediately after that, the rocks mute comes out. Cause they were like partnering up on whatever this match was. And you know, amazing pop, but it was mm-hmm. levels. You could see the level. And I never forgot that, you know, cause I was like, dude, these are the two top guys. And mm-hmm. the rock at that moment may have been more, he came out last, you know, he may have been more of the guy that was in the spotlight, mm-hmm. but Austin's pop dwarfed them. You see it at WrestleMania this this past WrestleMania when Austin makes his return to pop that he get it's just when I think of that I just think you've transcended everything that this business does you know um he didn't go into movies like the same way some of these other guys did he did a couple but they were never mm-hmm. big deal things and and it doesn't matter everybody knows who Stone Cold is you know I, I show people I mentioned Stone Cold people call him Cold Stone still <laughs> you know but like but they've heard of the guy you know and there's only hulk hogan's like the other, only other guy i think that everybody's heard of the mm-hmm. rock now but that's because of his movie celebrity so it's like i just think austin you couldn't have asked for a better uh storm of all these ingredients mm-hmm. coming together and just making this like pop culture icon pro wrestling icon and a genuine legend and he's in my top five of all time easy Number three, and it doesn't change. And he has a podcast that's slightly higher than ours. Yes, yeah, just, just a little bit. Duke, what's his legacy for you? We, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned just a little while ago, I think without him, I don't know that the WWF's in business, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that he's definitely the reason that they won the Monday Night Wars. Um, I think that he's you know, one of the biggest superstars of all time. I know he's one of the biggest superstars of all time. He's, I think, you know, you could easily make the case for saying like, he's the biggest name in the history of pro wrestling. I think that's just a generational thing. It's right. kind of what you grew up on, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, I, yeah. I think for sure, you know, if we ask all of our moms, they know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is, you know, just, yeah. Like, he's, like, a big name, like, in the Mm -hmm. history of pro wrestling. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thankful I got to witness it, you know, as it happened, you know, Mm because watching stuff in retrospect is cool, for sure. Mm -hmm. I've done it with 70s and 80s wrestling, but to experience that and, like Frank mentioned, there's ridiculous pops and those Mm -hmm. moments that you get at the live events back in the day, there's nothing like that, so... Mm -hmm. It was a pleasure yeah. to, you know, revisit him and go back and watch some of this old stuff and like just laugh again at the ridiculous shit that he did and said. Yeah, for sure. I want to do some quick fire things really quick and then we'll get up out of here. Um, an obscure mini feud that I personally enjoyed, believe it or not, was the Scott Hall thing. Him abducting Scott Hall. Oh, my Me God. too. Put I him in too. a freezer. You yeah. like I was yeah, into dude. it. It was ridiculous. They were breaking yeah. cinder blocks over each other, yeah, but I, yeah. I like the feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did want to mention the perfect storm. Frank, you said it. It's like all these things lined up. I didn't appreciate this as much in the day, and now he's getting a lot of heat, but JR calling this guy's career matches oh, yeah. wor- worked wonders for oh, his yeah. uh, story. Definitely. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So I got to give it up to Jr. I think that's why I have so much love for Jr. You know, because mm. all of these Austin moments in my head, I'm hearing Jr. scream. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like exactly. I think that they, they they go hand in hand. That's exactly right. And then uh, I got a couple quick questions for you, but um, they're tough ones. So, <laughs> what do you think 
is Austin's, in your opinion, your best match or favorite match from his career? Put you on the spot. Best or favorite? Well, we already we covered this in our favorite. Uh, matches, all right, so I guess. Tell, I guess tell yeah. him, Hawk. Yeah. I guess best match and favorite: Austin versus Brett WrestleMania 13. Hmm. Okay. And you got Brett versus My Austin. My favorite is Brett Austin Survivor Series. 96 96 yeah for those who didn't hear our all-time favorite matches episode mm-hmm. 28 that's a spoiler but yeah i would agree that his best match is versus brett at wrestlemania and i think that'd be my favorite too so one of the i same. mean i honorable mention because i love the 17 match with him in the rock mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. love it and uh those are like my two favorites probably but mm-hmm. i would i would definitely go with the survivor series one um this one is i probably know the answer but can anybody ever reach his level of popularity ever again mm. in wrestling um well you know i think it's i think it's arguable the guys like haven't reached it like you like like the guys have reached it like john cena and stuff just because the business has gotten so worldly you know mm-hmm. and like you when you look at it in that scope it's like and john cena is now a big movie star and all this as well i think a guy like him he has an argument you ask anybody under but did john cena make people watch wrestling ex- more exactly that's what i'm gonna say so it's like you ask people under 30 everybody knows who john cena is you know mm-hmm. like everybody he's he's a name like austin was to us but for pro wrestling standards only, you know, and like a pop, like we said, like anybody who's who's getting people to turn to that channel and fill out arenas. I don't know that anybody is going to be like this magic in a bottle that was Stone Cold. You agree, Duke? Um, I think that, like I said, I don't think wrestling's in a bad place right now, mm-hmm. but I just don't think it'll ever be at that fever pitch that mm-hmm. it was. And, um, Without that, like, you know, because name the most popular guys like right now, you know, like Roman, who, who, Seth, Rollins. right? I mean, yeah, is yeah. Roman Reigns like a household no. name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Not I mean? So I don't know if yeah, there's just, anyone wrestling like that right now. No, I just think it's, you know, because even Punk, like Punk, you yeah. could argue his, you know, people don't know who he is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, if I, you know, if you ask your mom once again or your yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. you know who Sam Punk is? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. But, well, um, I would say that it's more about, you said it before, Duke, but it's the three letters. It's WWE, and that's mm-hmm. what sells. Oh, yeah, that's and, what sells now. You yeah. know, no, no one's going to draw a house like the WWE can just draw a house, right? Yeah. They yeah. already broke the I mean, WrestleMania record. This, exactly. And it's not even, I know. it's not even announced yet, the match. Like the WWE Royal Rumble. We're all gonna tune in. We have mm-hmm. no idea what's happening, but we're already there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's just right. it's it's there. And WWE on the marquee. That's what sells. That's why when you get into like, oh well, you know, that was over bad times and he was champion. It's like that's bullshit because mm-hmm. it's about the brand. It's not about you know who's the champion or who their biggest star is at the time. Right. I just think it's apples and oranges. It's a different time. Yeah. Couple quick little facts. Uh, Austin credits Bruce Willis for shaving his head. Mm, <laughs> Finally giving in, shaving the yeah. dome. Uh, he also said that he t- went to Jim Johnston, the WWF's music producer, and told him he wants his theme song to sound like Bulls on Parade. 
by rage hmm. against the machine. Oh, so if next time you listen to it, I listen to it back. I'm like, oh, I can kind of see that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's Very cool. interesting. Um, and this is the final thing I wanted to ask, save it for last, Austin or Hogan? Ooh-wee. I know. That's the question, huh? Who is it, man? I mean, is it Austin or Hogan? Who's who's the guy? Are you when... asking who's the biggest name or are you asking who we pick? Well, you said it's generational. Like, the yeah. guys that are 80 years old will tell you Wilt was the man, right? And right. Then the exactly. guys, Jordan was our guy. LeBron is. Yeah. So test the time 50 years from now. Who are, you know, the great grandkids of us kind of, you know, Hypothetically, who are they saying is the, Frank? Is the I got, I, I got this one. It's the answer is Brett the Hitman Hart. Ah, and now, you, now you can answer Frank. Go there ahead. it is. Well, to be get have a real answer between the two guys. I used to always say Hogan, right? Because I just thought everybody knows Hulk Hogan. You don't have mm-hmm. to know shit about pro wrestling, and you know Hulk Hogan. But over the years, I think Hulk Hogan has let some people down mm-hmm. one way or another, and I think. If you we went to any wrestling show, right? If we go to AEW show on Wednesday, we go to Monday Night Nitro or Monday Night Raw. So I wish it was Nitro. <laughs> Monday Night Raw. Um, if Hogan's music hits, you're gonna get a, a really great reaction. If Austin's music hits, people are gonna lose their fucking minds. You know what I mean? And I think Austin is gonna have this longevity, I think, for the next 25 years where Hogan's star is, you know, diminishing just a bit. And I think it is a generational thing, but I think Austin was at the peak time of pro wrestling ratings, numbers wise, and mm-hmm. all that. And he's going to live going forward forever, where Hogan is diminished at this point. So I think Austin has overtaken him as the biggest star of all time. So post wrestling, Austin has helped his legacy. Mm-hmm. Hogan has hurt his legacy. Yeah, I think too. As far as your argument for like biggest pop, Hogan has been around and Austin hasn't. Yeah, you know exactly. Exactly. Austin's been very like Off careful grid, about. Grid, grid. Yeah, mm-hmm. like but mm-hmm. like um. So, you know. Well, my answer would be um, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> of course. In forty right. years from now, That's fair. fifty years, the next winner of the Royal Rumble. We'll be talking about entering at number 27 at number 27. So we've been talking about the rattlesnake stone cold Steve Austin. It's been fun. I definitely thought, you know, we had to do a spotlight on him. At some point you guys agreed he's in your guys top 10. So it was fun to, to revisit it, go back, probably could have spent another two and a half hours talking about his career Yeah, for sure. in the comments. Please let us know. What are your favorite Austin moments? Your favorite Austin Maybe your favorite obscure Austin match or maybe something from WCW. Uh, did you think he was a star? Did did, uh, did Vince and, and Eric Bischoff get it wrong right away? But let us know in the comments all your thoughts on Stone Cold. Next week, we're going to be talking Royal Rumble 1990. The first ever Royal Rumble live on pay-per-view. This is uh, a debate. That's been going around. It, it's not, it's not a debate though because it was in fact the first Royal Rumble on pay per view. <laughs> That's not actually a was not the Big John on pay per view. Yes, it was on pay per view. Big John Stud won the pay per view Royal Rumble. We've recently... in 1989 that was on pay per view. Yes, but you hate what Stud. was it on Skymax? <laughs> you or hate something? Stud. You you don't. Like I Big do John. not. I love Big John Stud. 
No, but we're going to be talking about Royal Rumble 1990. Frank, how tall was he real quick? Six, seven. Six, seven. Yeah. So he was like medium-sized stud, really. He was medium, yeah. Medium-sized. Medium-sized, man. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> medium-sized stud. So we're going to be talking about Royal Rumble 1990. We won't spoil who wins it if you want to go back and watch it so we can, uh, so you can hear us talk about it. That'll be next week, but this has been fun for Butchery, for Ron Simmons, Doom. They mean business this year. Looks like the Hollywood Blondes uh, pose right there. <laughs> Doom didn't have a pose. They just flexed on people. Yep. Squashed them. They just fucking showed up and people ran. Uh-huh. That's right. But yep, we're gonna we're out of time. We're running out of time. That's my segue. Until next time, it's been No Sold. Happy New Year. Peace out. Go Birds. And... <laughs> And if you can't hear, we always got a little sign language, so here's to you. Damn, there it is. That's, That's the, the bottom line. Because no soul said so. <laughs>